Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cardinals win! Cardinals are coming! Tra la 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 la! The Cardinals are coming! Tra la tra la! The Cubbies are going! Tra la tra la! Look out on the mess! Tra la tra la! The Cardinals are coming! Tra la tra la! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It is great to have you with us on a Monday morning, Juneteenth. 2023. I know a lot of folks are are taking this day off, and we hope that uh, you'll stick with us for the next three hours. We're going to talk to Alexa Dat later in the show. Looking forward to that. Uh, no curbs on Monday, huh? He's Cur- on vacation. Oh, curbs. Oh. Curbs, you are allowed to do yeah, vacation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's on a beach somewhere right now. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, how about the Cardinals are coming? Here come the Cardinals. Oh, well. All right. You excited? Yeah, still eight and a half back. No. Yeah. We still got a little bit, a little work to do. Okay. It's their first series win in the month. What is there not to be excited well, about? All right. Yep, yep. There's, there's, there's that. that. <laughs> it's 701, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The did Cardinals did get you 60 cent drinks at Mobile on the Run today with their 8 7 win over the Mets yesterday. How about Jordan Hicks going back to the Cardinals giving a relief pitcher, a closer, back to back days? I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I said a while back that Jordan Hicks was either a starting pitcher or a closer. Mm-hmm. He is a dynamic player. As long as he isn't walking that first batter, he is going to be a very good pitcher. And he's he's shown that the last couple of opportunities he's had. Um, he struggled mightily you know, earlier in the season where we were saying that there was no reason for him to be in any games where yeah. it, it could be a, a high-leverage situation. He is in high-leverage situations as Brooke is holding her, uh, her elephant. She's got oh, something. Oh, I was just moving oh, it. Okay. But yeah, if you, if you want to... in the room. No, there is an elephant in the room <laughs> well, that we'll be oh, diving yeah. into oh, later yeah. on. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> later on in the show. We are looking forward to that. The Cardinals got obviously great offense yesterday. Nolan Arenado hitting a first inning home run to give the Redbirds a 2-0 lead. Donny Baseball with an RBI hit in the second. Goldie with an RBI double in the second that scored a couple to make it a 5-1 game. Hannes Wagner in the third inning oh. to rebuild the lead to 6-4. And the Cardinals were up only 6-5 in the fifth when their prized rookie, well, not that prized for them, but stepped in. <laughs> Driven by Walker, hard to right. Marte going back. Track, backing up to the wall. It's going to be gone. Walker, another opposite field homer. As Chip Carey would say, I'm Bally Sports, a J-bomb for J-dub. Very yes, nice. yes. It was a big weekend for the Jordans. I put that yeah. in my notes. Jordan Hicks, but Jordan Walker as well. The way that he was able to just come in huge for the Cardinals this weekend and continue his hitting streak to 11 straight games. And Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch tweeted this out. There's a very short list of Cardinals who have had multiple 10-plus game hitting streaks in the same season at the age of 21 and younger. 
Uh, he's in some good company, guys. Rogers Hornsby and Albert Pujols. Yeah, that's pretty good company. Pretty good. I think they've he, done he, pretty well. He might have had three. Yeah. If he didn't spend more than a month in the minors. <laughs> <laughs> he's still got time. Yeah, he's a long season. So Tommy Pham hits a, a fifth inning homer as well. Walker hit one. Pham hit one. Pham's a two-run blast. 7-7 seven, seven game as we go to the ninth inning. And Nolan Arnato, who hit one in the first, closed it out. The 2-1. Swing drive. He did. Belton left. Cardinals have the lead. And that made it 8-7. to seven. That's the score the Cardinals won by. Matthew Libertor going four innings, allowing five runs. He walked two and struck out two. Not a great performance by Matthew. But then Chris Stratton came on. He allowed a couple of runs. Then the bullpen buckled down. Andre Pallante with an inning and a third of scoreless ball. Verhagen was brilliant. An inning and two-thirds of scoreless ball with a strikeout. The rest zeros. And then, as we mentioned, Jordan Hicks picks up his second save in as many days and his second of the season as the Cardinals win two in a row over the Mets and will play the Washington Nationals starting today. Yeah, I mean, they are doing some things positively. I, I think maybe they're figuring some things. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it, this team is so it, it's so up and down. It's trying to figure out what this team is and who this team is. Obviously, when they're scoring runs, they're going to be a team that can can win games. But uh, they got to score. They got to score. They, and and yeah. the pitching has to keep coming along. But, you know, also with that too is that Matthew Libertor typically if that's a game if it's Matthew Libertor or not the fact that you have your starting pitcher not able to go that deep mm-hmm. into games and not even perform that well it wasn't a great outing for him and you're still able to come up with a win how many games could we have said that about recently with the Cardinals not many because typically you would know they're not going to be able to power through and Nolan Arenado talked about that yesterday he said we could have easily folded, been like, listen, we're going to lose another game when we score a bunch. We talked about that mindset. We knew that that's not the mindset to have anymore. Hopefully, it seems like, guys, I don't know, maybe they had some meetings. The body language looked a lot mm-hmm. better this past weekend, too, which winning does help with that. But maybe, 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 and it's too early to say this could be something that gets them back on track. Yeah, but it's too late for this team. <laughs> Again, if if they go five and four in their next 10, they'll get to the midpoint of the season and they'll be on pace for 66 wins. Yeah, don't I I don't worry about the uh, the the win loss record. I'm just worried about the division right now. I think what we were talking about Cincinnati since Elliot De La Cruz has been there. They've been playing extremely well. They won eight in a row. row. But if you can continue to just stay within range and pick up games, you know, here or there, they didn't pick up anything, obviously, this this past couple of games, this past couple of series. But if you're able to pick up a game or two each series, you can put yourself in position and maybe – Maybe the team that wins the division doesn't have a uh, isn't over five hundred. It's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. One of the things the Cardinals have to be wary of, though, if the Cardinals are going to win the division, it's going to have to be a team not over five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. Uh, the, but the Cardinals. They have been able to feast for years on the Reds and Pirates, and the Reds and Pirates aren't the Reds and Pirates of a decade ago. Both have spent time, well, the Pirates have spent time in first place. They've lost six in a row now, but the Pirates are a good young team, and they'll be even better when they get O'Neill Cruz back. And as Kerry mentioned, the Reds have Ellie De La Cruz doing great things. They've got good young pitching. They've won eight in a row, and the Reds now have an eight-game lead over the Cardinals. They're in second in the division. So there's a lot of work to do. to catch up to those two teams and just get back to the playoffs. You just have to outslug guys. That's it. Yeah. And here's one thing. If the Cardinals do make the playoffs, they'll enter the playoffs as the hottest team. Nobody will have had to have been hotter 
than the Cardinals yes. if they if they make the playoffs. <laughs> yes. We got that as a take it or leave it uh, late last week. They said the Cardinals are just sitting there knowing that they need to hit their stride going into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. That's why the cardiac Cardinals, right? Oh, I like that idea. <laughs> yep. Is there any concern for uh, Paul DeYoung? He had the home run, but yeah, he's kind of... He hasn't been as hot as he was. I don't know if we can still call keep calling him on his way. Well, when he hits home runs, we can. Okay. But he All is right. what he is. He's just mediocre. He, well, he, no, he's not mediocre. He's just not very good offensively. Mm-hmm. He's a good defensive player, but he is, at this point, a placeholder until they feel like Mason Wynn, who doesn't appear to be ready production-wise, is ready. And I, I wonder... Lars will be back today, right? Lars Newbar will be they, back. They think so, yes. So He's supposed to be. Do you put Edmund back at short? With Newt Bar back and then move, keep Gorman at second it is. I don't think that'd be a bad move. DeYoung is better because he's got a better arm than better defensively, but there's no comparison offensively, even when Edmund is struggling between Edmund and DeYoung. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you still, I think you're still going to keep DeYoung in there basically because of his defense. If you put Tommy Edmund at second base, you just short up the middle infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Newt out there in center or, or Carlson in center. And now you got your outfield a little bit better, a little more solidified as well. And then uh, Gorman can be your DH. Yeah, it'll well, be interesting to see what they do. And it seems like they're going to prioritize defense moving forward for the outfield because even somebody just texted in from the 618, the defense behind Libby was bad. Yeah, it was. It was It was not great. So that wasn't all on Matthew Libertor. And I think that that seems to be a priority for Ollie moving forward when you have Lars Newtbar coming back of how defensively you can make this outfield more sound. Yeah. And and hopefully against Washington, they they have the worst record. They have a record of 27 and 40 20 27 and 43. Cardinals 29 and 43. So the Cardinals have a game lead over Washington. By the way, the Rockies are also down there at the bottom of the standings. Hopefully the Cardinals can just move to the middle of the pack. Tough go this weekend for City SC. They fall to Nashville SC. Three to one. Remember in the old CFL carry when you had the Ottawa Rough Riders and was it the Ed- Ottawa? There were two sets of Rough Riders. Oh, and you only had eight teams. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. Yep. So you, you had Ottawa and Saskatchewan. Yeah. You had two teams and or ten, <laughs> eight teams, and two of them had the name Rough Riders. You got you to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, just we've be got, a little more creative, yeah. right? There's yeah. other names. So City SC and Nashville SC played over the weekend, and Nashville not as encumbered by injury as City came away with a 3-1 victory. A half-empty City lineup gets beat for a hat trick by, is it Hani Mukhtar? Yes, sir. Hani. One of the best Hani. players in the league. I like oh, that name. Yeah. Hani. Yeah. So. They're like Jahani Peralta. The, the superfluous H. <laughs> Everyone was saying we got Mukhtar. That happens sometimes in this league. Uh, yeah. Like. So uh, Nashville knocks off City SC 3-1. No clean sheets. It was on the pitch. They were wearing their kits. Uh, and uh, a tough go because City SC is just beat up. Now a quick turnaround for a midweek match against Real Salt Lake Wednesday at 7.30. Oh, there's the fake Salt Lake and then there's the Real Salt Lake. <laughs> the Real Salt Lake. <laughs> Real Salt Lake. Real. Real. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, things we love from the weekend with Brooke, Carey, and Randy on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Things We Loved About the Weekend here on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carey, and Randy. Brooke, what do you got? My big thing from this weekend, second big thing, is going to be the eventual return of Lars Newtbar. 
The Nutty Neuters oh, of New Nation are very excited about this, guys, because we, we've been missing Lars Newbar. It's been tough without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brings a big spark energy-wise, and I feel like that could also help the Cardinals, too. Also could help you out defensively mm-hmm. in the outfield as well as we keep talking about that and uh, figuring that out for the future. In his second rehab game on Sunday, Lars Newbar hit two homers and doubled in a four-hit, four-RBI game, and he could rejoin the Cardinals as soon as today. I assume that they got him on a flight out as soon as possible or mm-hmm. at some point during this series. The nutty neuters of Newt Nation need their Newt. And they've been missing him. Yep. What better place to have him than in the nation's capital? Oh, right? Where, yes. Where he can just take charge and he's going to, uh, he'll set the, the stage for what the Cardinals are going to be. He's He's got a campaign and he's going to deliver on his promises. I believe it. I believe it as well. I mean, it will help this uh, this team defensively also. Hopefully he can yeah. keep hitting how he has been and they can keep going forward. Yeah. And then he gets to go to London yep. too. Oh, yeah. Bring, bring all that energy there. Yep. Vote Newt 2023. <laughs> we love it. Uh, my number two is Jordan Walker. He uh, had a very good weekend, had a couple of home runs. Brooke talked about he's the only the third player in Cardinal history to have two 10-plus game hitting streaks at the age of 21 or, or younger. Um, and despite the, the the missed play in the outfield, which I, I'm not, you know, he's a, he's still learning the position. He dove for it. He didn't make it. But he was able to regather himself and still throw the runner out at third. That, to me, is a, a young man that is learning on the fly, but not giving up or giving in despite having having a, a terrible mistake in that moment. Just really, you're, you're watching the maturation of a of a superstar in, in Jordan Walker every single day. Every opportunity he gets, he's getting better. You know, Randy, th- there was a, a concern about his launch angle. He hits the ball hard, so if you hit the ball hard, it's probably going to go far. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, that that's the, the most important thing. He's hitting it opposite field. He's doing everything you want from a young man at his position, and it's fun to watch. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch for years to come, and uh, we're going to be excited to have him in a Cardinal uniform. There is absolutely no doubt that the talent level is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I don't think we saw that, and we had... Well, we had as many at-bats probably for Oscar Tavares. And this is obviously 2014, and I have a selective memory. But I don't think that in when I witnessed Oscar Tavares for his half season, or more than half a season, that he displayed the the, the bat talent that yeah. Jordan Walker does. Yeah. he's Jordan is a, a, just a different guy altogether. Uh, guys, a few years ago, before the pandemic, Danny Mack and Brad Thompson and Brad Barnes and I played golf at a place in um, Jupiter, near Jupiter, called the Floridian. It's a an extremely exclusive course where people like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson play. And we had a caddy. And the caddy was telling us that the nicest guy that played at that course was Ricky Fowler. He said, there's a lot of great athletes that are great people, but Ricky Fowler is just a regular guy. And he, he this caddy had been around, you know, and he just loved Ricky Fowler. So I've always kind of, because of that, followed Ricky Fowler. So one of my favorite things of the weekend was seeing Ricky Fowler in the hunt over the course of the weekend at the U.S. Open. Now, he led yesterday, and then he played five over to finish in fifth place. But last year, he was 185th in the world. His game had absolutely disintegrated. So... One of my favorite things about the weekend was seeing Ricky Fowler return to prominence. He's probably the best player out there that hasn't won a major. Wyndham Clark, by the way, won the U.S. Open. But one of my favorite things was seeing Ricky Fowler, a really nice guy, get back in the game, and hopefully he'll win a tournament soon. 
That's a great story, too, as you mentioned there. Because Ricky Fowler, he was one of those young, up-and-coming stars. I remember when he kind of had that big rise, and everybody's like, wow, this is going to be kind of possibly the new face. He just seems like a really, really good guy. Um, Wyndham Clark, is he British? No, he's Denver. It's, he was born in Denver. But it sounds, did you see people saying that on yeah, social Wyndham media? Because everybody's yes. like, wait a minute, the, the British guy? That's not a British guy? Uh, yeah. Great name. Uh, but yeah, Ricky Fowler is another great name, too. It, that was great for him to see, or for us to see for him. And by the way, a Matt Holiday guy and a big Cardinal fan. So both Oklahoma State guys. Yeah. So the, those two are, uh, I think, buddies. Good. And so it's. It's great to see a Cardinal fan be in the hunt as well. Yeah. And maybe Wyndham Clark is. I doubt it, but maybe he is. <laughs> we can just pretend he is. I don't know. Number one. My big thing from the weekend, I always love a good Father's Day story. And Nolan Arenado, for whatever reason, seems to do well on Father's Day when it comes to hitting home runs. And so 2017, you guys might remember too, he had that big moment. It was a, let me figure out what it was. It was 2017 when he was with the Rockies. He had some, I think it was like a walk-off home run or something like that on Father's Day. He dedicated to his dad. Then this past weekend, obviously, another home run as well. This time he dedicated it to his daughter. It's his Mm. first Father's Day, and he dedicated it to his daughter. And I just thought that was really sweet. It was a very special moment uh, for Nolan Arenado. And just for the Cardinals, too, because I don't think it's a coincidence that when Nolan Arenado gets going... The rest of the offense gets going as well. Definitely. He's he's the key cog for this offense, for this team. When he's playing well, you, you see them playing well, and, and they're having fun. I, I think that's the most important thing. When you're having fun, you're winning. When you're losing, it's a miserable day, and I think Nolan is a, a big part of that. My number two is, I mean, my number one, we, I'm still trying to figure out how we got to three, <laughs> two, 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 one. Yeah. Math, yeah. math, yeah. math. Yeah. Uh, so my number one is actually Father's Day. You know, it, it was... I got the all my kids were were my, were in town. My daughter drove in from uh, Columbia, came to see me just for a couple of hours. Very sweet of her. She had to get back and get back to work, and you know, just being able to be a dad and enjoy them and uh, enjoy the moment, watch a little sports, hang out, chill, and relax. For me, that is my number one. Awesome. Aww. Good. Good so you. did you did they cook for you clean? Uh, no, no. <laughs> kids clean. <laughs> no. They did give me a few gifts and uh, you know they 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 made some chocolate covered strawberries, oh, nice. which is very nice. And then yeah, t shirt and some 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 uh, barbecuing uh, utensils. Love it. Yes, nice. Good. Shaped like golf golf. Uh, clubs. Oh, very cool. Here we are. Good yes. golf and barbecue. Yes, it's, I think on my uh, on my Instagram bio it says uh, golf and grilling. So that's uh, those there are like the two interests that I have. <laughs> uh, for me, it was Saturday. Our guy Adam Wainwright acting as the stopper, ending a six-game losing streak. He goes six and a third, allows three runs. That, my friends, is called a quality start. He only struck out three and he walked two, but he pitched. And it's fun to watch Adam because he does understand, as Jack Flaherty might say, the art of pitching. Through 93 pitches, 53 for strikes, and it has not been a very good last year for Adam so far. But he got off to the slow start because of the injury, and I hope he's he's rounding into form. He'll get the opportunity, by the way, to pitch in London this weekend, and that'll be cool. And we have the watch party over at Patios on Saturday. You can join us. Just go to bigleagueimpact.org. But... Adam Wainwright takes so much pride in being that stopper and to be the guy that either continues winning streaks or stops losing streaks, and he stopped it. And my favorite thing about the weekend was Waino doing what he does best, putting the team on his shoulders and coming away with a victory. Yeah, they they really needed that this weekend, too.
much needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's been scuffling is a is a word that you could use. I think you said that they are they were and and have been just trying to figure some things out, and and, and you don't know why it's happening or why it was happening that way. But to get Wayno to get that start to get 198 his 198th win, inching closer to 200, which we all know that's a an important number for him. Uh, just just a great win for him and great win for the Cardinals in that moment. And by the way, you shouldn't be relying on a pitcher who's about to turn 42 to be your stopper. Yeah. Adams, to be fair to him, he should be in the back of the rotation. But this franchise obviously doesn't have the starting rotation to be able to stop losing streaks on a regular basis. <laughs> They've had a few, haven't they? Yeah. And so yeah. they have to rely on him. And for him to be there at the age of 41 is pretty remarkable. Is that the second time doing it? Yeah. This year? Stopping yeah. a losing streak? Yeah. yeah. And he, he told when Mike Schilt was the manager back in, it was during 2020, he just said, hey, if you just want to w- pitch me into the ground and if, if you end my career, I'm fine with it. You mm-hmm. just, you use me as much as you need to use me until you wear me out. And fortunately for the Cardinals, Schilt didn't do that. But there were a couple of games even in 2020 when he was 40 years old where he was throwing 150, 120 pitches. And it's great to have that sort of guy that is so old school. Man, you'd hope that the Cardinals, not just the pitchers, you'd hope that the Cardinals as an organization would look at Adam Wainwright and say, you know what, that's what we need to yeah. be. They, mm-hmm. it's, it's, not, it's not velo, it's not spin rate, it's making pitches, being a pitch maker. And hopefully the Cardinals will at some point understand that. I don't know if they ever will, but, well, at some point they will. They Maybe. might just be behind the curve. Oh. Oh. Well, not that curve, no. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were making a dad I joke. Or, I, I thought or, it was a dad joke. It, was a, it, it turned into one, joke. didn't it? It did. It did. <laughs> just just pretend like it worked like, out yeah, that yeah. way, you know? Just sometimes you got to roll with it. You're like, oh, that joke yeah, worked out yeah, for me. Yeah, well. But guys, I, I just watch, Greg talks about Tampa every week on Thursday when we have Mana. You watch a, a team like San Francisco come in here, who's known, by the way, Farhan Zaidi, their president of baseball operations, Gabe Kapler, their manager. They are entrenched, or were entrenched with analytics, but then they say, oh, you know what? The old way works. Let's go back and do it the old way. And uh, some organizations just haven't figured that out. How long has baseball been around? Uh, about 150 years. How, when did analytics start? Uh, 2000, 2001. So for, so for about 100 years, it worked pretty well? Yeah. Hey, okay. Let's just think maybe maybe if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. And one genius said, hey, yeah. this is going to work. Yeah. And everyone said, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, with that. Let's do that. Let's do this because it's cheaper. And then they wind up going out and having an owner. They approve an owner that spends $43 million a year on 40-year-old pitchers. There you go. <laughs> so Brilliant. Yes. There you exactly go. Exactly what we were trying to do. For a team that the Cardinals beat two out of three, <laughs> and neither of those guys pitched. Uh, that's Kerry. That's Brooke. That's Randy. And uh, coming up, the, do the Cardinals have an offense now with a big four? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. 
Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Paul Goldschmidt up and now a 1-1 game. And he shoots this one to right. Marte on the run. That ball's over his head. That ball is gone. Opposite field home run for Goldschmidt. And the Cardinals strike for three with two outs. Driven by Walker, hard to right. Marte going back, track, backing up to the wall. It's going to be gone. Walker, another opposite field homer. 2-1. Swing drive. He did. Broughton left. Cardinals have the lead. Other calls from Chip Carey on Bally Sports. The Cardinals already have the MVP of the National League and the guy who finished third in MVP voting last year. And over the course of their careers, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt have both proven themselves to be among the best players in all of baseball. If you like the war statistic, they're both top five in the last eight years in war. Now the Cardinals have added the rookie, Jordan Walker, who has six doubles and six home runs in 138 plate appearances this year. All of a sudden, that OPS is up to 850 on base, 36.2% of the time, a 488 slug, and apparently getting better. And you add him to a group that also includes the left-handed hitting uh, Nolan Gorman, who has been so far this year fantastic. And I, I wonder, guys, when you look at the numbers that Goldie and Arenado have brought to the table, and then you add Jordan Walker and then Gorman with his 803 OPS, and he's cooled off a bit, but he still has 10 doubles, 15 homers, 46 RBIs. That's a pretty staunch middle of the lineup for the Cardinals. And if you want to have a group for 2024 that is your uh, a great 2-3-4-5 setup, you've really got something, I think, in those four. You do. You got, and and hopefully, Wills Contreras can add his name yep. back to that list at some point. You, your two through six hitters are are really, really good batters, really good players, um, and we've seen it. Nolan Gorman, as you mentioned, has cooled off. He hasn't had a hit in his last five games, um, but he is he has shown throughout the season thus far that he is a guy that you have to take concern with and be cautious with uh, at the plate. And then he's surrounded by, by Goldie and Arenado, those two guys. When this team is playing well, those two guys are your stars and I've said this pretty much all season long your superstars have to be superstars that's Goldie that's Arenado Contreras is a superstar he's not playing to that Mm -hmm. level right now but when you're when your team is playing well your superstars are the ones at the forefront of the team leading it hitting doing all of the thing and fielding their position well when that happens this team can be really good when it's not this team is going to struggle yeah they're your superstars and you have to have a good supporting cast right and Nolan Gorman I 
think is a part of that supporting cast. He has cooled off a little bit, so that gives you a little bit of concern. Mm -hmm. But what a breakout year that it has been for Nolan Gorman and the power that he has found. Jordan Walker as well, just what he brings, that energy, the way that he is able to pretty much hit well and a lot of different situations. He looks very confident. We talk about his age. He's just 21 years old. So you see all that stuff, yeah. especially in these moments with this 11-game hitting streak going on where they were talking about how he's able to battle through adversity, how he is very confident in who he is and what he brings to the table. And look, we're, we'll continue to talk about it because people will always talk about it. Sending him down was always confusing because it seems like hitting with power is something that comes more and more with age. Mm -hmm. And you see he has a lot of ability to overcome a lot of different things. The thing I love about Jordan Walker is in his first stint here throughout the month of uh, April, he had 19 strikeouts. Right now he's only at eight. He's he's seeing the ball better. He's walking more. He has seven walks. He's only had he only he had three walks his first month here in May. He's he's doing much better at the plate. You know, taking his time, hitting the ball hard as he always has. But he's not allowing himself to chase the pitches out of the zone and be striking out. So that's the part for me that you can see the maturation in his game. And the fielding part, I know people are frustrated with it. It's going to get better. This is a young man that is an athlete that will figure some things out and will make those plays in left field or keep the ball in front of him uh, and not allow runners to score. So all of those things, all in all, he's playing spectacular. It's fun to watch him play, and I'm excited for his future as well. Here's what I would like to see the Cardinals do in terms of a lineup. I'm not talking to you, Ali. I'm talking to the front office people who make up the lineup. <laughs> I would like to see Brendan Donovan leading off. I'd like to see Jordan Walker hitting second. Okay. With his athletic ability, he can run. Mm -hmm. And you see pitches when you're hitting in front of Paul Goldschmidt. So I, I will go Donovan, Walker, Goldie, Gorman hitting fourth. I split up the two right-handed hitters and have Gorman hitting fourth. Arnato hitting fifth. I, I, don't, I have no problem with him hitting fifth. And then ultimately Contreras sixth and Newt. Is, are you okay, Brooke, with Newt hitting seventh? I think it's fine. I think he did well as leadoff Lars. Yeah, leadoff Lars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, whoever your extra outfielder is, whoever your, your third outfielder that day is, hitting eighth and then Edmund hitting ninth. I would, I would. I don't have Donovan in that lineup. So I would have Edmund first and DeYoung hitting eighth or ninth. Okay. A seven seven is the seven is Carlson, eight is Carl I mean seven is um Newt, eight is Carlson, and then DeYoung ninth. I'm good with that. And then you got Tommy Edmund leading off. Okay. But everything so else you would I, I'm agree I'm in agreement with two, three, four, and five and six. Okay. But I, I just don't have Brendan Donovan in that starting lineup. I got DeYoung there because okay. at some point it's gonna be Mason Wynn. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I just this and last year, I really like the on base of Brendan Donovan, and that's why I have him leading off. He's this year on base of three fifty six, and uh, Tommy's only got an on base of two ninety nine. That's why I'm I'm yeah. doing that. It's all based on on base because I don't think the Cardinals are going to be that aggressive in running anyway. Yeah, I feel like the value too with Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond is their versatility. We've seen how much that has paid off for the Cardinals yeah. this season when it comes to injuries and also moving guys around infielders in the outfield, all that different kind of stuff. It feels like Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond find a way to rise to the occasion with whatever situation they're given. Those two guys being able to play 
multiple positions, uh, infield, outfield. It, it really extends their cardinal tenure. It extends their career because, I mean, if you aren't hitting well, but you can play multiple, multiple positions in the field, it just allows you to stay on a team, stay on a roster, and stay a part of what's going on. So ultimately, though, the, the segment is you start next year and maybe even towards the end of this year with what we believe Walker can become based upon what we've seen since he returned. Walker, Goldie, Gorman, Arenado. You don't want to be a pitcher facing those four. No, That's no. A probably as good a, a f- group of four as you'll find, certainly in the Central. Atlanta, San Diego both have more daunting top fours, mm-hmm. but ultimately this group might be, that group of four might be right there with the best. It could be really dangerous. And we talked to uh, uh, Greg Amzinger earlier in the season. He talked about having five one, top 100 players. Usually mm-hmm. those are teams that win championships. The Cardinals are closing in on that. They they have three to four. Wilson Contreras was on that list. Again, he has struggled this season. But if they can get that fourth or fifth guy, then you're looking at a team. Now we're still waiting on pitching to to be. I was going to say, it'd be nice to get a starting pitcher in the top 100. <laughs> starting pitching, we're still yes. waiting on the starting pitching to be what we needed to be. But you, you're right there. And I think the Cardinals feel that way. As poorly as they have played, to still only be eight games out of the division lead, you cannot be too frustrated with what's going on if, if that's where you are right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I could find you a top 100 player. Where? Where? Anaheim. What position? Anaheim. Oh, he's a top. He's a top one player. Yeah, he is. He's one of one. How do we get him? And how do we spend all the money? Do we start a GoFundMe to get Shohei Otani <laughs> here? Because what do we need to do to, to think, get that? You guys weren't talking about Anthony Rendon. No, we were. No, 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 third no, no. My bad. No. I was thinking, and we got a, we got a minute here, so we'll we'll play this. We were talking last week about how you get Shohei Otani, and I say, if you're the Cardinals, you just say take any five players that we have in our organization for Otani, and this would be predicated upon the Cardinals being able to sign him to an extension. But I don't know if the Angels look at the Cardinals organization, if they say, okay, yeah, I'll take uh, this, 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 and this guy for Shohei Otani. I don't know if the Cardinals have five guys, and this, and they're a good team. I mean, those are good numbers and good players. I mean, you got an MVP and a third place in the MVP guy. I don't know if the Cardinals have five guys to give up for Shohei Otani. I don't know if anybody does. Well, because they'll want more than just some prospects. Yeah. They'll, they'll want some big names as well, I would assume. Well, He's going to be a free agent, right? Yep. So just sign, sign him. him. Yeah. Don't give anything. Yeah, he's just just a, pay the man. A pretty pretty price tag. Six hundred million, right? Uh, at Ten? least, at least. I, I was thinking seventy million a year for eight years. That'll be five sixty. So that's maybe, not bad. No. So maybe it's not my money. Yeah. But it's not bad. So, and maybe he gets nine years. But he's got to get at least seventy million a year, right? Because he's as good as Scherzer or Verlander, and they're yeah. both both highest paid pitchers at forty three million. And he's as good as, well... He's younger, too. He's, he's Offensively, he's better than Mike Trout, who's making <laughs> Just, 35. It right? doesn't make any sense what it he's does. doing. What is the number going to... I, I, I am intrigued by the number that he's going to get. He's obviously going to be the highest paid player ever, but... Yeah, but it, does he get to 75? Maybe. I don't know. We And I sent you guys a, a text over the weekend... The Sporting News had an amazing stat, and it's still in play and probably will be for the entire season. But Shohei Otani leads the Angels in runs, hits, homers, walks, RBIs, stolen bases, average, on base, slugging, and OPS. That's as a hitter. As a pitcher, he leads him in wins, ERA, and strikeouts. (laughs) That's ridiculous. 
I mean, you got to spend a lot of money on that, right? Yeah, I would say so. It'd be worth it. So, uh, Shohei Otani, do the Cardinals unretire number 17 for Shohei when they sign him? That's the question of the day. I'm, I'm just, uh, he got $30 million in arbitration, Randy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's got to get seventy, maybe $75 million a year. Come on, man. Somebody will do it. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, it's Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Take It or Leave It next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. want to say something. Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. We do welcome your texts to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. All right, better job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. We, it was about 80 or, or 70%. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll get better during 75. the course of the week. Yep. Uh, Brooke, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it, guys. And I'm not I'm not advocating for this before I say this. But take it or leave it with the return of Lars Newtbar and the love for Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond. As the Cardinals center fielder, Dylan Carlson might be seeing a little bit less playing time. I'm going to leave it. it. Uh, you're going to oh. leave it? I'm going to leave it. Okay. Uh, because I you think, guys said that at the same yeah, time. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave it because I think Tommy Edmond is going to go to second base. And Dylan Carlson Ooh. stays in the outfield along with Newt and Jordan Walker. And then Gorman is your everyday DH. Everyday DH. And then your utility guy who can do everything yeah. because he has five gloves is Brendan Nutter. Yep. I do think, and by the way, congratulations to Dylan Carlson. He has been much better as a lefty hitter since he came off the injured list. But I do think the Cardinals will, it, just in the interest of finding playing time for everybody, he'll be one of the victims. He'll be one of the guys that doesn't see as much time. Mm. We'll see how it goes. Yep. So I don't know if you all saw this. The uh, Atlanta Braves had a father preparing to throw out the first pitch on Father's Day. Charlie Culberson, the... Uh, I guess infielder, outfielder, all position. He's he's there, Brendan Donovan, for, yeah. the, for the Atlanta Braves. His father was prepared to throw out the first pitch on Father's Day. What a wonderful moment. Only to find out that his son had been DFA'd. And was not going to be at the game, and therefore he was not going to be throwing out the first pitch. Take oh, it or leave it. That's... If I'm Charlie Corbelson's father, I'm taking the ball and taking the mound regardless. Oh, yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to send my son down, and I'm about to make my big moment. Yeah, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> that I was terrible. Take that too. Yeah, that's terrible. That's sad. That's just, that's awful. Yeah, it is. That's, uh, you could have waited until after <laughs> the game. You could have waited until after the game, at yeah. least. Come on. Oh, come that's on. That's just really bad. Yeah. And then right? they had Michael that Harris in the seconds. So Dad threw out the first pitch, and Harris went five for five. Oh, well, he's going to be throwing <laughs> out first pitches from here yeah. on out. No doubt about it. That's just like a very yeah. – I can't imagine what that whole conversation be like as a family. That's emotional. That's – That is oh. so mm-hmm. tough. Yep. Like, you, you, you basically got cut right before your father was about to – on Father's Day. Yeah, not great. Come not on. Great. Guys, Nikola Jokic – 
and the Denver Nuggets eliminated the Phoenix Suns from the playoffs. And the Phoenix Suns decided, hey, we need to improve to be better than the Denver Nuggets. So they're going to acquire St. Louis and Chaminade product Bradley Beal in exchange for draft picks and the Chris Paul contract. They were going to get rid of Chris Paul anyway and uh, Landry Shamit. But take it or leave it, Bradley Beal is the missing piece that the Suns need to be able to beat Denver. Leave it. So, uh, uh, Rock it had a, had a point earlier. Somebody's going to have to be the point guard. And I, I, I get it that, that oh, you just got to bring the ball up. It's To me, there's more to being a point guard and actually running the offense than just bringing the ball up and passing it to Kevin Durant in the post. They're going to have to find, and I don't really like Devin Booker as your point guard, as your every play point guard, because now he's on the ball. He's not able to come off. He's not able to get screen set for him and do what he does best. So, I don't really like the addition. And now you got three guys. One of those three guys is going to have to have less points. We've Mm -hmm. seen it in the history of having big threes. Chris Bosh had to take a seat. He had to sit back and not score as many points. That's what generally happens. Uh, Clay, Clay had to do it when KD joined the Warriors. Someone isn't going to get as many shots. Someone isn't going to get as many points. And it's not going to be fun for one of those guys. And they very well could just move Booker to the three. I don't know how effective that would be. They they really only have four players right now, but they're getting Jordan Goodwin as well. St. Louis Hughes, Belleville mm-hmm. Altos, Jordan Goodwin. So maybe what they do, and they, it's still not enough to slow down Denver because DeAndre Ayton just isn't what they need to slow down Nikola Jokic in the middle. But uh, I, I would think that Jordan Goodwin will see some significant minutes there in Phoenix as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And he's only making $1.9 million, so that's a good yeah, thing for him. That's always yeah. good. All right, what do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Did I miss Brooks? No, she oh, went I'm sorry. First. No, I, she I went, went at first. the beginning. Oh, yeah. you went at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> I'm not really worried about skipping Brooks. I'm sorry. I guess I just. I guess Rocky just tunes me yeah, out really during, during the show. Rocky is a creature, is a creature of habit, so Gosh. normally you go third, and you went first today, and that that threw him off. The way that I could tell that you were looking at <laughs> me like, like yeah. very. I was he's like, a, what's he's about a, to happen? He's a creature of habit. I, also, I do. I respect it. Really memorable, Dylan Carlson, Tioli Brook. Well, yeah. Well thank you. I, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it, Rocky. I'm so glad you enjoyed. It. It's okay. You guys are ridiculous today. You guys are absolutely ridiculous today. Take it or leave it. The Blues should not trade any of their draft picks and should try to get as many prospects as possible and look to buy out one of the defensemen. Leave, leave it. it. Yeah. Which part? I All would, of it. Yeah. Well, the I, first part. I would say that if you can get that player that, uh, is it 25 to 28 year old player that Doug Armstrong talks about. If you yes. can give up a couple of number ones and get a defenseman, then you should do it. I don't believe that buying out one of the defensemen is a prudent move on this part. I know that the, the Canucks bought out Oliver Ekman Larson, but I don't think the Blues would realize substantial enough cap savings with a buyout to make that a prudent financial move. No, yeah, I I don't think so either, and I I wonder who they would even be thinking about as well. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I, I can't think of a guy where I look around the league and say, okay, that would be a a smart move for that team to trade that defenseman to yeah. the Blues. I just can't find that defenseman out there. I know there's been talk about Truba, but the Rangers aren't trading Jacob Truba. That's just not going to happen. Take it or leave it. Juan Soto gets out of San Diego in the next two years if they don't keep if they keep losing. Oh, yeah. He's a free agent yeah. after next year. So, yes, I'll take that. Where is he going? 
who who among the Dodgers, Yankees, and Mets doesn't get Shohei Otani? There's going to be there'll be a big yeah. war. Um, okay. Wow. So, so, so it was a Met. That'll be interesting. So the Cardinals mm-hmm. don't have a chance at Shohei or Juan. Uh, no. Okay. Don't don't say that. Don't There's say always that. a chance that they can be in they conversation. Not gonna, they're not going to spend that money. Hey, their conversation okay. starts at six hundred million. Guys, <laughs> and, okay. starts at six hundred. You've, you've got Nolan Gorman. If the conversation yeah. starts at six hundred. They're walking Nolan away. Nolan Gorman's your DH. You don't be in it. Come on. Are you going to sit Nolan Gorman? No. I mean, you've got Gordon Graceffo on the way. Uh, you, do you really need a Shohei Otani on the mound? Yes. No, you've got uh, yes. On the yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think the real question is: Do you really need Shohei Otani? You know, you know, hitting at the plate. That's the real question. I think. Well, that's, that's the, the thing. Where do you play him? You, you, wherever the, wherever he wants to play. When, 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 when I was a kid, people would call into KMOX on Sports Open Line. Bob Burns, rest his soul, uh, was doing open line, and people would call in and say, Cardinals need to give up like prospects A, B, C, and D, and Ken Reed's for Mike Schmidt. And Bob Burns would say, well, where would you play him? <laughs> <laughs> where would you play Mike Schmidt? Huh? Oh, intriguing. Interesting comment. Interesting. Uh, take it or leave it. The Cardinals are a great best for worst or first next year. I'll leave that. When I see the ascent of the Reds and the Pirates, and I know the Cubs are going to spend money, and I don't know about the Brewers, but I'm I'm kind of buying on what the Reds and the Pirates are doing. Pirates just called up Henry Davis, first pick in the draft a few years ago. Uh, they've got Keller, and their young starting pitching is getting better. And Cincinnati, they just look like a team that's going to be loaded in the near future. I don't like they called that. up a top prospect. Yeah, Henry Davis. Gotcha. Yeah, I just, rather than send him down. I don't like the sound oh. of that. And that, and hmm. I, I get what you're saying. That it, that is kind of reality at this moment, mm-hmm. especially when you see what Taylor Cruz is doing and just the energy that he brings to that group yeah. and talent. I mean, he is so freaking talented. That man yep. hit a ball the first base and beat out the first baseman. Yeah. It yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. Insane. It was hit hard. <laughs> it's just it's sad that the conversation keeps turning to are the Cardinals falling behind. In a lot of different areas. Yeah, and they are. It's sad but true. Gary, you know, you when you when you get a name like when you get call yourself the fastest player in the world, or people just call, put the name fast in front of your name, you got to back it up. I, I, he is doing that. <laughs> Take it or leave it. The Mets will be sellers, and the Cardinals trade for Verlander or Scherzer. Leave, leave it. it. I'm gonna leave that one too. Yeah, no way in the world. No, uh, Scherzer, I believe, has an opt out after this year, but I. I don't see the Cardinals going in on even... 38-year-old? Yeah, 40. But the other part of it is the salary, right? Because Verlander signed for two years at $43 million per. So even if you get Scherzer, they aren't taking the Verlanders 43. And I would guess that he probably has a no trade. And Scherzer, he may or may not want to come back and pitch. But do the Cardinals want to pick up $15 million in salary for a couple of months for, hey, this... This team is just not good enough to go on a sustained run. Even if they have Max Scherzer at the top of his game, they but, aren't good enough to go on a sustained run and win enough to be a playoff team slash contender. Well, the Mets aren't going to just they're gonna sell. Yeah, fold in Cohen's that manner. Yeah, they, they, they're going to try to figure it out. Yeah. Got one more? Uh, yeah, take it or leave it. Walker's the team's best hitter by the end of the year. Mm. I'm going to leave that. <laughs> They'd be pretty good if that's true. It'd they? be nice, yeah. I mean, he's hitting the ball really well. He is. Paul Goldschmidt's a really, really, really good hitter, though. Uh, 
by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'll take the defending MVP, please, who's a top five player for the last 10 years. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I can't argue with you about that. That is Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Coming up, I tweeted this week that Cardinal fans have a uh, certain tendency, and I got a lot of pushback on it, and we're going to talk about it next on our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Over the weekend, our friend Tom Ackerman from uh, KMOX and uh, the Cardinal Network, he, he tweeted that he is sorry that the Cardinals fans have to deal with what they're dealing with, with the year, this year, with the Cardinals being bad. And I tweeted in response that since the start of the 2000 season, the Cardinals have had one losing season. I said they have developed a spoiled, entitled fan base. It's not the fans' fault. That being said, a dose of reality now and then can be good for the soul. Maybe people will appreciate winning more after this. I certainly, have, having grown up in the 70s and seeing a lot of losing baseball, I had a great appreciation for when the Cardinals turned good in 1981, had best, the best record in the division, didn't make the playoffs, and then won the World Series in 1982. Uh, to me... The definition of, well, I, I can give you the definition of entitled if you would like. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people that pushed back and just hated the fact. In fact, people th- said I should be fired for oh. suggesting that Cardinal People were saying that. Yeah, I didn't see that part. Yeah, that, that, that I should be fired for saying <laughs> that Cardinal fans were entitled and, and spoiled. Uh, so my question is, and again, I will read the definition of entitled. Believing oneself to be inherently deserving of privileges is entitled. I get the sense that many Cardinal fans, because they have never experienced losing before, they think it's their God-given right to watch a winning team every year, not really having an appreciation for how hard it is to win in sports. There are those that think the Cardinals should be in or win the World Series every year, not really paying attention to the real world where the Yankees, <laughs> since 2009, haven't been to a World Series or won a World Series, let alone getting to it. They haven't won it since 2009. That's 14 years now, despite mm-hmm. having annually the top or number two payroll in all of baseball. Uh, spoiled. A, a person harmed in character by being treated too leniently. Again, I would suggest that I wasn't spoiled as a kid of the 70s, where the team didn't win. My kids, baseball-wise, they're spoiled. They don't know any better. They don't understand that losing does happen. And it even happens for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, They are bothered by the fact, and I'll give you the full definition, a person harmed in character by being treated too leniently or indulgently. I would say that if you are Matthew Rocchio, you can weigh in here. Uh, You are 30, correct? 31. 31. And you have not had to experience a season like this until now. Would you say that 
because you're also somewhat rational. Would you say that as a fan that you've had to deal with much adversity as a Cardinals fan? Absolutely not. Especially when you think about the fact that as a kid, even the late 90s were just glossed over by great players because I didn't, I wasn't old enough to know that they were bad. Had I had Ozzie Smith and Mark McGuire. I had the best right. defensive player in the most exciting summer of baseball in recent memory to like gloss over what the win-loss record was. All mm-hmm. I cared about was the Wizard and Big Mac. And then I had the 2000s, and they've had one losing season since 2000. So it may be that people just don't know the definitions of entitled or spoiled. But to me, if your expectation is that your team is going to make a deep playoff run every year, and you feel like you deserve that from your organization, regardless of how much money you're paying, if you feel like you deserve your team to win every year, then by definition, you are entitled. Yeah, I and I agree with you. I definitely saw all the Twitter reaction on social media this weekend, and uh, there was a lot of reaction. Randy, your your tweet garnered a lot garnered a lot of attention. I think some people won on social media and on Twitter, especially. People take things very seriously in the way of that they see they take like they say that it's like a negative comment. So that was the biggest backlash that I saw from your Twitter exchange Mm -hmm. is that people see those two words as negative, like you're using it in a very negative way and saying like, well, you're spoiled and entitled. Mm -hmm. And so then the people then they get defensive. And you definitely saw that in a lot of the Twitter exchanges is they got very defensive because they see that as well. You're calling us spoiled and entitled. Tell tell that to the Cardinals ownership group. Well, I, I was actually speaking of the fans. Now, I'm not saying that the Cardinals... I know, but I'm yeah, saying people I, but, were saying that you should. Uh, but yeah. I, the, I'm just responding to the, the tweeters because the, the Cardinals' ownership may or may not be spoiled and entitled. The fact of the matter is they've had a top half of the of Major League Baseball payroll for most of the ownership and many times in the top 10. And I don't think that the Cardinal ownership takes the the fan base for granted that's why they've only had one losing season since 2000 i would suggest that when you have the president of the red saying what else are you going to do that that and having a terrible product for years that that is somewhat spoiled and entitled on the part of an ownership group i would say that bob nutting admitting that he's pocketing revenue sharing money that is spoiled and entitled on the part of an ownership group i would suggest that when you go out and make trades for people like arenado and goldschmidt and when you do make the misguided free agent signings that they have Mm -hmm. i'm not saying they've been good but i'm saying that when you do go out and sign fowler for 82 and a half million or leak for 80 million or Contreras for 87 and a half or uh, Andrew Miller for 41 over three or Randy Choder, whoever the free agent signing was, none of them have worked out. The only one that's worked out was Albert last year. But I, I think if you look at it rationally, you can say, now it's misguided. Has it not worked? It has not worked. But you can't say they haven't tried right. just because the people that they have signed haven't worked out. Yeah, I think you, you, I think people probably misunderstood what that meant. It's just you, you are you do believe that you're going to suppose to win a World Series every year. It doesn't happen. You're not going to make the playoffs. You've had a a, a run of consistency here. And I think the frustration for Cardinals fans is they did go out and spend $87.5 million on Wilson Contreras. You did have this young star, Phenom, that was supposed to be the superstar and, and rookie of the year. You got the two corner infielders that you believe, you know, they, they were – 
MVP and, and third uh, finished third in MVP mm-hmm. voting last year. You felt like this was going to be the year, but there was also the concern about the pitching and not having enough of that. There is a sense of entitlement, a sense of this is we're we're supposed to have this and and kind of I guess the mob not getting their way or getting what they want in that time, which is a championship. People want to win every single year, but it's not realistic. It doesn't happen. There are 29 other teams that all have that same. Well, 28 maybe because the <laughs> athletics don't. Yeah, they are, they are trying. <laughs> they are trying, but all of the other teams feel like they have a chance to win a championship, and so. Yeah, every fan base feels that way. Kerry, I read about Steelers fans that want Mike oh. Tomlin fired. Uh, it's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. There is a, a – I, I say this all the time, St. Louis Cardinal fans and Pittsburgh Steelers fans, the, the, it is so much alike because you have the, the history, the understanding of what that franchise is, what they are, and how well they perform and how well they play, that when you don't – have a season that ends with a championship trophy, you feel like it is a failure where you got guys in that locker room that haven't won a championship yet. This team right now for the Cardinals, there are only two guys that have won a championship. It's hard to win a championship when you don't have a lot of guys that have done it. You have to figure it out and learn how to become a champion. It's not something you just wake up and become. Brooke, you've been here for five years. This is all you know is winning, right? So. Yeah. And you become a fan. When when you're in a town, you become a fan. And like you said, being entitled and being spoiled is not a bad thing. And it's definitely not the person's fault when they're entitled or spoiled. But are you, has your expectation become, because as we sit here and talk every morning, it seems like you and I and Carrie, we all expect the team to win and they don't. But I accept losing seasons I because I've lived through, I, I was a Rams fan, for God's sakes. But are you, in your short time here, have you kind of become entitled and spoiled by the Cardinals' success? Yeah, I expect them to make the playoffs. That just becomes an expectation now that I'm already, when the season starts, I already know that that's something that is going to happen. And maybe, as you guys have said, the that is too high of an expectation. Maybe it's people... We should appreciate how hard it is to get into the playoffs. But as somebody did point out in the text line, this is the National League Central that they play in. It's not a great division. Mm-hmm. And so you would expect them to play better than they are. And spoiled and entitled, while it is used a lot now in a negative way, it also, to your point, it's what they have created amongst the fan base of you are entitled to get ready, to get excited for the playoffs, to know that this team is going to make it the playoffs no matter what, that you're going to see a good product on the field day in and day out. And the expectations for that have not been met. And that's how you've had all these frustrations from fans this season because they're not used to this. There's been so much history put into this organization to do better than it has this season. And it is really below expectations to see the product that you've seen where it's inconsistent and also a lot of times just not good baseball. Right. And that the fans do deserve a lot better than that. So if you're using spoiled and entitled in that way of that they are entitled to deserving better, then 100%. Deserve and entitled are the same thing. Yes. So, it, yes, absolutely. And there are people that feel like they deserve it. I am somebody that, again, I watched the Rams from 2007 until they left. So I, uh, <laughs> that, that makes uh, you yeah. a man, Randy. Well, that, yeah. that, that's a character builder. <laughs> that, that'll build that, that, character. That good, else <laughs> it's good for the soul. It really is. Just a, a, a little dealing with adversity. Oh, yeah. it, it will will build character yes. for you. <laughs> you go through a few of those months, a few yeah. of those years. You're like, Ooh. and I'll tell you this: when you have dealt with losing, like when the Rams came, or when the Blues spent their first 52 years. 
and then you experience success, it's so much more special. I would not have felt as great about the Blues winning a Stanley Cup. And I, I'm i sure I would have enjoyed them winning a Stanley Cup. But if, if I hadn't been through the travails of being a Blues fan yeah. and dealing with what I dealt with for my entire life before they won the Stanley Cup, it wouldn't have been as special for me. I think, the like I said, the, the only frustration is because you know what you have on this roster and you felt like that the entire offseason pitching was going to be the key going out grabbing a pitcher in that starting rotation even if it was Jose Quintana bringing him back because he performed extremely mm-hmm. well while he was here but in the Cardinals defense you had they they felt like Jack Flaherty is going to be that guy or or supposed to be Jordan Montgomery showed you a lot last year he hasn't done it as well this year and, and Miles Michaelis has been steady his entire tenure here so I I feel like they thought that they had enough without the need to go out and grab one more. We got a text from the 314 that says, we are 100% spoiled and entitled as a fan base. I'm not going to apologize for that at all. If a child is spoiled and entitled, I blame that on the parent. The Cardinals organization (laughs) has built a reputation and expectation from the fan. It's on them to keep us happy. Exactly. And that was the point of my tweet. 100%. And I, I wrote in the tweet, it's not the fan's fault. The Cardinals have built somewhat unrealistic expectations, but they're there. The Cardinals, since 2000, they've won the third most games in all of baseball. Only the Yankees and Dodgers have won more games than the Cardinals. And since 2000, only the Yankees have won more postseason games than the Cardinals have. So it is not the Cardinals fans' fault that these expectations have been built and that the fans are entitled and spoiled. And being entitled, having expectations is a good thing, ultimately. I'm in a fantasy league with with some friends, my uncle's friends in California. There's one guy, his saying all the time is, how many championships you got? That's all he says he, he doesn't care that's his saying like yeah. when, when people get this how many championships you got that's all fans care about how many championships you got in that time how many championships do they have that's really the concern well, that's the only thing that they are worried about yeah and I, I said to somebody i i enjoy the six-month journey of baseball i always have i don't start watching on october 1st i really do enjoy the journey of a season sometimes you have to have a season like this to build up to be a champion. The Cardinals were bad in 2003, but it set them so, they set themselves up to win 105 games in 2004 and then win the championship in 2006. That's today's Fresh Take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Cardinals won yesterday, so we've got a bird watch for you here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Guys, my Bird Watch is that uh, we, we've talked a lot about how the Cardinals go as Nolan Arenado goes, and it feels like. He is getting hot because in the last week he's at 269 with an 808 OPS. But man, he's had a really good year. And I know it's been up and down, but in June so far, his OPS, this is Nolan Arnado, 1.077. He's slugging 712. In the month, he's got six homers, 12 RBIs, three doubles, and a triple. He's been really good, and the Cardinals haven't been really good. So maybe I kind of have misread the situation how Arenado goes, the Cardinals go, because he's been pretty darn good this month, and the, the team should be doing better. 
Oh, yeah, there's my... Oh, I, I thought that, that was, was for the... That was for me. That was, that was a... Hit. You're flying in and out. I just think... I wasn't ready. I was coming in hot with that one. I think that... My personal expectations of him are so extraordinary that he can be doing really well, and I'll say, what's wrong with him? Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of the – I think when we're watching him in the field, we're seeing a little bit of those issues. That's more, I think, alarming than what's going on at the plate. Just not – you've said it time and time again. You think he's one of the best third basemen, if not the best third he's baseman best. To, play, to play the game. And there are times where he's not throwing runners out. He's skipping balls over there. It's just, and it's not happening a lot, but it's happening happening a lot for him. And I think that is what makes you think, oh, we're we're having a little bit of trouble right now. So he he is when he's performing well, this team is performing well. So hopefully he can continue to do that. There's my bird. Oh. Uh, my bird watch is Wilson Contreras. We have talked about Wilson Contreras, and it has not been a great month for him essentially with his average below 200 and it just seems like you could tell and he even made those comments recently that's last week that he's lost his trust and his confidence and you could see that in the way that he was holding himself in his body language but also in his performance out in the field so this past weekend he is told people that he's approaching this as a fresh start. Now, that could mean a lot of different things. Fresh start with this organization, with himself. It could mean all of those things and above, but just a fresh start for him, a new perspective. He spoke to uh, Victor Martinez, somebody he calls as a second father. They have known each other since 2016, and they spoke on FaceTime for three hours this past Thursday. <laughs> Who's ever done that? That's a little... Uh, I, there's one person I talked to on the phone, Maurice Drummond, which he might be listening if he gets off the morning show. Maurice Drummond, if you have a phone call with him, it will take you about an hour to oh, good. two to three hours. But I, so I get that, you know, like somebody that you really look up to and somebody that you're, you know, talking to for advice. Um, Wilson Contreras came in with a conversation realizing that he needs to refocus, clear his mind. He said, overthinking, a lot of overthinking. I'm here for the team. I'm trying to find a way to help, and that may be behind the plate, might be in the box, might be picking my teammates up because that's what we need right here, right now. We're all trying to overcome these obstacles. I think the most positive attitude that we can have around the clubhouse is going to help that team a lot. I think that's very encouraging because, look, people I've seen it on social media, I've seen it on the text line, have been like ripping into Wilson Contreras because he hasn't been doing well. And I get that. But this has been such a strange season for him. And regardless, the Cardinals spent the money. He's here for five years and you need him to perform and you need him to be confident out there because it's only going to help the team. And if anything, I like that he brings a lot of energy to this group. I do too. CD, you remember this when Jeff Fisher called the commissioner's office and had him wipe out a quarter of the season, just brought oh, yeah. a cooler of beer into yeah. the meeting room and everybody had a beer and decided, you know what, we, we got 12, we got 12, a 12 game season. It's not a 16 game season this year. Yeah. Will, the, the Cardinals have played 72. That's what Wilson needs to do. Just call Manfred, have a three hour conversation with Manfred. Say, hey, can you wipe out the first 72. It really doesn't matter. Didn't anyway. matter. Didn't yeah. matter. Nobody's paying attention. No one's watching. We're just going to go <laughs> forward from this point on. To Wilson's. Oh, I'm sorry. But to Wilson's uh, defense, he is. I'm sure he's the new guy in town. Th- this contract is a huge contract. He's paid a lot of money. He wants to do well. And at times, when you are the new guy and you got this huge contract, you want to show this new city what you are, who you are, and how well you can play, and how much you deserve that contract. So for me, I think just him 
as he said, just getting back to the basics, dialing it back and not really concerning himself with all of the outside factors. Everything else will take care of itself. And it shows how much he cares, too, because yeah, he definitely. could just 100 percent be like, you know what? They threw me under the bus 33 games in the season. Yep. I, I, I'm i just going to, you know, cash in this check for the next five years. But he is working on finding ways. And to me, I think that shows a lot about his personality and character. And that's something that you would want in that clubhouse, I believe. My bird watches David Freeze and the amount of humility and respect uh, that he showed over the weekend. For those that don't know, he declined his invitation to be inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, um, just stating that he understands how important that is. And so here I'm going to read a quote from him. Uh, this is something that I have given an extreme amount of thought to humbly. Even before the voting process began, I am aware of the impact that I had helping bring this team great memories to the city, helping bring helping the team bring great memories to the city I grew up in, including the 11th championship, but this honor means more to me. I look at who I am, who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. The Cardinals and the entire city has always been, has always had my back in every way. I am forever grateful to be a part of this amazing organization, fan base then, now, and in the future. And to me, to understand that the part where he says, I look at who I was during my tenure, that is him saying, I am probably not as as worthy of this honor as you all have bestowed on me. There are many great players who have played in this Cardinal uniform for a longer time, had greater careers, and those gentlemen should be the ones that have the honor of wearing that red jacket. That, to me, is just uh, it just shows great humility as to who David Freeze is and the amount of respect and adoration that he has for this organization. I just tip my cap to him because normally when you're you're voted into a Hall of Fame, Randy, most people are going to say, thank you, I'll be there, tell me the yeah. time, place, and what to bring. And so for him to really understand his career, what that moment meant, but his entire career, which is really what being a Cardinal Hall of Famer is all about, the body, the length of your career, uh, I just have to tip my cap to him for that. And he had a lot of personal issues when he was here, too. And I, I wish that we could know, we could get some clarification as to whether it was the person on the field or the person off the field during those years that he was here that he's referring to. But to your point, it is an amazing gesture mm-hmm. because anytime you get elected to any Hall of Fame, I'm like I'm like you. I'm all in and saying, "Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm I'm there." Yeah. And so for him to reflect and say, "You know what? This for for whatever reason, when I was in St. Louis, I'm not worthy of that." For any person to say they're not worthy of something has to be extremely difficult. So I'm I'm proud of David, and uh, yes, it'll change the, the day, but he's going to be a part of Cardinal history forever, and I, I just think that it's an extraordinarily selfless gesture on his part. He also mentioned how hard of a decision this was, and yeah. it weighed on him heavily because he thought a lot about Cardinal Nation when making this decision because he knew that it would be very, very hard for fans. But at the same time, you have to look within yourself and it's something that he doesn't feel strongly about, then I totally get that and I respect that as well too. And he didn't say that he wasn't going to do anything with the Cardinals moving forward. Right. I thought that was a very important part of the message as well, is that he still plans to have a good relationship moving forward with the Cardinals. So it's not about that. He just felt in his humble opinion that he didn't deserve this honor. And taking nothing away from his career here, because he was a major league player and he played mm-hmm. five years with the Cardinals, but... If he did go in, he would be, and nobody would ever say this, 
but he would be the worst Cardinal Hall of Famer. And and here's the thing that that we as players we are you know we love what our 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 fans think about us. We love what our coaches think about us. But what we cherish and what means the most is what our peers think about us. What the guys that are in that same room think about you. If that guy says, "Hey, he could have played with us," or "You could have played with us," you mm-hmm. are one of them. That's the part that I think weighed heavily on him, knowing that I'm in a room wearing a jacket with men who are way, you know, much further along in what they did in their careers than what I did. And and again, he's a major league baseball player, had a great career, 11 years. That's something to be proud of. But when you're talking about the Cardinals Hall of Fame and the history of that, I just think the amount of, of when he talks about the weight, he's looking at his peers that would be in that room. And as you said, they wouldn't say it, but he would know it. So I think that that's what weighed on him. And by the way, he would he was voted in because of a month, maybe a game. Right. But it could, arguably could be the greatest moment in the history of the franchise. Yeah. So he's got that going for there him, which go. is nice. I always will have that. Coming up next, we've got the fight. Do we have a fighter? No, we, we need a fighter. Text in to 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. There we go. The fight coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. <laughs> to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive, please welcome Randy Carricker! Welcome back to the opening drive. It is time for the fight. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and our fighter today is Mike. Mike, how you doing? I think we lost you, Mike. Hello? Hello? There you go. All right. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, Kerry. How are you? Doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy? I am ready. All right, here we go. Which foreign-born player holds the NBA record for most points all time for a non-American? Is it Hakeem Olajuwon, Pau Gasol, or Dirk Nowitzki? Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Which Hall of Fame starting pitcher while playing for the Cardinals became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to strike out 19 batters in a losing effort? Is it Steve Carlton, Jim Catt, or Bob Gibson? Who is the longest tenured Major League Baseball manager currently in his 11th year with their club? Is it Terry Francona, Kevin Cash, or Dave Roberts? Kevin Cash. Which NFL franchise has the most conference championship appearances without winning a Super Bowl with nine? Is it the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills, or the Minnesota Vikings? Buffalo Bills. All right, we will double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. How you feeling, Mike? Not bad. I'm having a good day today. You feeling good? All right. Which you feeling good? Well, I mean that's that is good. It's on a Monday to feel good. That's great. Monday. Oh, here's Randy. Hold on, Uh, Randy. Yes. Say hello to Mike. Mike, good morning. How are you doing? Good to have you with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Good morning, Randy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. All right, Randy, you ready to go? Ready. Which foreign-born player holds the NBA record for most points all time for a non-American? Non-American. 
I would be rather stunned if this wasn't Dirk Nowitzki. I will go with Dirk. Which Hall of Fame starting pitcher while playing for the Cardinals became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to strike out 19 batters in a losing effort? Oh, man. Um, can you repeat the question? Which Hall of Fame starting pitcher while playing for the Cardinals became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to strike out 19 batters in a losing effort? Well, um, could it be Dizzy Dean? Um, obviously, you'd think Gibson. Um, boy, um, could go with, uh, like, um, lefty, uh, no. You know what, I'll go with Steve Carlton against the Mets. <laughs> Did you know that the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> what is, what is, what is going on here? <laughs> Thanks, Randy. <laughs> All right. Who is the longest tenured, you see if you know this one just what? as well. Who is the longest tenured Major League Baseball manager currently in his 11th year with their club? Okay, well, let's see. Uh... Um, I'm going to go with uh, Terry Francona with the uh, Cleveland. Does it count that they, they changed names? Uh, I think it's still the same organization. Okay, good. There I go. will go with Terry Francona, who really <laughs> wants the Cardinal job for 2012. <laughs> really wanted it. Okay. Didn't get it. Which NFL franchise has the most conference championship appearances without winning a Super Bowl with nine? Conference championships. Well, you had the... Vikings go to four Super Bowls, right? And the Bills. And the Vikings during the 70s seem to play the uh, Rams or Cowboys a lot in conference championship games. Obviously, they were in that conference championship game in the 1998 season. So that gets us up to five. They uh, had the game where Favre threw the interception. Uh, that's six. Um, Buffalo has not, I don't think, been to... It's got to be between these two. It's got to be between Buffalo and Minnesota. And I think I'm going to go with the Vikings. I liked the Vikings a lot when I was a kid, and they played in a lot of playoff games and lost. So I and I just got to six, and it's a total of nine, and I didn't even count the, the, the other games, the ones in the 70s. They lost another one to San Francisco when Keith Millard played for them. So I am going to go with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, Randy, this is an interesting one. Hmm. Was Mike able to rattle Megamind on a Monday? Meh, Monday? Just or good Monday. Oh, no, here we oh. go. <laughs> the, the emotional support chicken. <laughs> Does Randy's character chicken take him completely through for a win? Chicken. I mean, I'm, it's an emotional support chicken. You you get through the day with it. He gets through the fight with his emotional support chicken. Was it enough? Mm. Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Yes. 
Mike. That's the breeze. <laughs> you breezed right through that, Randy. Yeah. Mike, you were quick and speedy, but unfortunately, sometimes slow and steady wins the race. You uh, you didn't get one right. Randy beat you 4-0. Ooh. That's no problem. Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's go through those okay. answers. Which foreign really? player holds the NBA record for the most points for a non-American? It is, in fact, Dirk Nowitzki, who passed Hakeem Olajuwon late in his career. Olajuwon, obviously, in second place. Which Hall of Fame starting pitcher, while playing for the Cardinals, became the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to strike out 19 batters in a losing effort? I thought, I thought this was a good question. How did you, late September 1969, Nine, how how did you know? I, I thought I had. I thought I was at least gonna make make you think. I thought maybe you'd no. say Bob Gibson, just be like, well, I mean, convention sinks with so many seasons and so many strikeouts. It would have been Bob that, Gibson. Was, Nineteen was God, the all time record until Kerry Wood and Roger Clemens. Rick Clemens did it first, and then Kerry Wood got twenty as well. Twenty was it? Twenty or twenty one? Twenty. Twenty. <laughs> Nolan Ryan also lost a game where he through 19 strikeouts. Um, unbelievable. Who is the longest tenured... Oh, so did Randy Johnson, by the way. There's three who've done it. Who is the longest tenured MLB manager currently? It is Terry Francona with the Cleveland franchise across 11 seasons. And the Minnesota Vikings are 3-6 and six in their nine NFC Championship game appearances. And obviously 0-3 oh in those three subsequent the Super Bowls. With, uh, Randall wow. Cunningham and Randy Moss. Uh, they lost that one. Oh, yeah. yes, that was 98. That was a Gary mm-hmm. Anderson one. Yep. And yes. so a, a 4-0 win for Randy Carrick. By the way, the Gary Anderson one is Gary Anderson did not miss a field goal or an extra point during the 1998 season or in the first round Mm. of the playoffs. Second round, game-winning field goal try, chip shot, and he misses it against the Falcons and the Falcons go on to play in the Super Bowl. Analytics would have told you he was 100%, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they would have. man in the arena. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Six one one hate said, Randy is entitled and spoiled with easy fights. What are you talking about? If you could have saw Randy's face when he heard that Mike got, he's like, ooh. (laughs) A random date in September of 1969, completely out of his pocket. What are you talking about? Spoiled and entitled. It's on the get, parent. You're the parent in this didn't situation. Use his options. We gotta, so here's the thing. We're gonna keep Randy off of the text line. You all can text in some of your trivia questions, and we'll see if they actually fit. You, you got to stay off the text line okay, for a couple I, of days. I don't even have it up. There you go. Stay off I the text line. Have. If you have a trivia question, text it in. I saw it earlier. Someone asked it. They texted in. So go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll give, because clearly, Rock spends all day and night putting these questions. He works his butt off he really to does. get this done. He really does. And you fans and you texters text in hate, 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 hate about his, te- his questions. And here is the rule. If you've ever been to a trivia night with a sports category or a sports trivia night, have it be a trivia question that you would hear at a reasonable sports trivia night. Yeah. So that... People, we'll, we'll, people are, that are driving down the road have a good chance to get it with the lifelines. We'll because sift through it. We'll sift through it and, and make sure there's nothing crazy. Okay. Hey, has Ricky Fowler become one of the great lovable losers in sports? We're going to talk about it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. For all the world.
world as if Ricky Fowler was going to be in the hunt on a Sunday afternoon in a major after dropping to number 185 in the world. Last year, Fowler was able to rebound and get into the hunt at the U.S. Open. He was 10 under to start yesterday. He wound up in fifth place, finishing at five under. He was five over yesterday. And by all accounts, Ricky Fowler is one of the nicest people on the PGA Tour. And a lot of people root for Ricky Fowler. And you hate to call him a loser, but the fact of the matter is, in majors, he has not won. But he's still one of the most marketable golfers, Puma and Cobra, have the great relationship with him. He still does a lot of commercials. And he's one of those guys in sports that hasn't won that I just, I'm bothered by the fact that he hasn't. I was bothered by the fact that a guy like James Laurinaitis or Steven Jackson with the Rams were never able to win. And the Cardinals, I mean, you, you talk about some people that they had on on that team, a Cardinal Hall of Famer like Ray Langford, just a really good human being. And it's a bummer that he never won. And I think Ricky is in that realm. He's clearly the best player to not win a major so far. And hopefully he'll be able to, to get that major. He Rory said yesterday he's right on the edge. And I think Fowler, despite being his, have, having the rough stretch that he had, over the last few years, I, I think he's bounced back. I, I think so, too. And also just his attitude about it as well, because you can tell a lot if somebody has the ability to do that, just based on the way that he holds himself and how he talks about it, too. He's fully aware of the slump mm-hmm. that he's had, but he's not looking at it as like, this is just going to be this way for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you when you're in the middle of it, struggling, and you want to get to the to the top, and it's just... You see it, but you're just unable to get there. I'm sure that's extremely frustrating for him. And I, we have some have some players in the history of sports that have had those same issues, struggles, and not been able to get to the mountaintop right. as much and as great as they were. And in, in team sports, people are a victim of circumstances. You won't find a better hockey player or a better human being than Bernie Federico. Mm-hmm. And he was just put in basically untenable situations and wasn't able to play for a Stanley Cup champion. And there's an array of great hockey players that never had the opportunity to play for a Stanley Cup champion. Charles Barkley, who could be more lovable than Charles, yeah. right? Yeah. But he, he never won. And you hate to say they're losers, but when they don't win, well, then they lost. They're not winners. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> you, you hate to say it, but you can text in, too. The, the people that haven't won a championship that you would like to see or would have liked to have seen win a championship. So, so when you brought up the name lovable, well, rock, lovable losers, mm-hmm. it, it took my mind straight to the Chicago Cubs. Those mm-hmm. were they, they, the, were, the they, they were the lovable losers. And two players come to mind, Ernie Banks and Ryan Sandberg. Just, you know, mm-hmm. never winning championships, never playoff appearances, few and far between, right? Yeah. So I think those two are, are two names that you, you come up with. Wrong place, wrong time. Yes. And I'm telling you right now, and I've said this on the air before, and I will believe it to the day I die. If Dan Deardorff had been drafted by the Raiders or the Steelers, he would have won four, three or four Super Bowls. If Jim Hart had played for the Steelers, Jim Hart was every bit the quarterback Terry Bradshaw was. And if Jim Hart would have played for the Steelers, he would have won four Super Bowls mm-hmm. there. And we had Larry Wilson, Hall of Fame, Jackie Smith, Hall of Fame, Dan Deardorff, Hall of Fame, uh, Roger Worley, Hall of Fame. And, and Roger is another guy. The, the football Cardinals had unbelievable star power, right. but never won a championship. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, it really is. I think for me personally, maybe this is just because this is one of my favorite 
teams and stuff growing up is going to be the Titans and the mm-hmm. Music City Miracle Group, specifically Steve McNair. Yeah. I mean, it to me, it felt like growing up, he was a huge part of why I became a sports mm-hmm. fan in general. Him, Eddie George, that whole group, that was such a good football team. And it felt like you won a championship with them, right? Mm-hmm. And well, you know, as St. Louis Rams fans know, we fell short of that. Literally. Quite literally, quite literally <laughs> fell short of that. But that's just a group that was so talented. I felt like that's been the Titans' best chance that they've ever had at winning a championship. And Steve McNair also meant so much to Nashville, too. And that's another big part of it, isn't it? That when the, those guys I mentioned, the football Cardinal Hall of Famers, and a guy like Ray Langford, obviously, he was beloved here. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it is you are beloved in a community. Yeah. Banks and Sandberg also. Yep. And both have their numbers retired. I, I, I don't know why, but I really love this text from the 636. They say, Adam Wainwright as a starter. Oh, I actually yeah. think that's like that's a really good Cardinal deep cut yeah. of like yeah. considering he was he a closer a and then eleven happened yeah. the way it did. I mean, I, I actually I love that answer. How many rings he got? He got two. Okay, yeah, and it don't count. That's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, somebody yeah. said Patrick Ewing here. I think when you think about the NBA, uh, don't recent, talk about. NBA <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <Yeah>. recent NBA, recent <laughs> NBA, I think Car- I think Carmelo's my my like absolute go to guy. I'm like still bummed uh, never got a ring. No, Allen Iverson for me. Oh, that's a good one too. AI because he played in one yeah, and went up against a, a juggernaut of the Lakers okay. and was unable to. That's that that would be the one for me. And I fear for Mike Trout. He's probably on oh, that list. I have not thought yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani as well. I think well. Otani will get himself in a position to. Trout signed a long-term contract yeah. for the Angels. Probably so an stuck. untradeable contract right now at the age of 31, 32. Yeah. And I, I, I just fear that the Angels will never be good enough for Trout to win a championship. There's a name on here, Larry Fitzgerald. There is another He's, one. Uh, he, he, and, and great person, mm-hmm. great football player. And you're so happy. I'm not mad that he didn't get one. It's <laughs> yeah. better him than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kerry Steelers beat Larry Fitzgerald's uh, Cardinals. Unfortunately for him. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Him or me. Sorry, Gary, not Gary. Gary's not going to feel bad you're about that You're not first, you're last, and Larry Fitzgerald was last. There you go. That is a, a fantastic call. That, that's a really good one. And uh, in football, because it is so so hard and you have so many dominant teams in the 70s you had the Steelers and they won four of them in the 80s you had the 49ers and they won four of them Mm -hmm. and and then you get to the the 90s and the Cowboys are winning a bunch so there's so many players on so many good teams that didn't get the opportunity because they're dealing with dominance obviously then you get to and the Steelers really throughout and the Patriots uh, for the last 23 years until well the 20 years between 2001 and, and 2019, so many teams that that won multiple Super Bowls have prevented other players from winning Super Bowls. But in individual sports, I think right now, I think Ricky is the guy that is the one that I I really want him to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got more, but they have more opportunities yeah, to win they, as well. Oh, that, yeah, they, that's they the that's the. The the thing I think that may make it more frustrating, you have more opportunities with NFL players, bas- you know, NBA. You got one season, yeah, and then that season is over. You got to do it again the following year. Same thing. I mean, it's even harder for track and field people. You know, oh, every four yeah, well, every years, every four years, right? That's even more difficult to to be a champion. 
That is a look at Ricky Fowler, who, by the way, uh, finished five over yesterday, and Wyndham Clark was Wait, the champion. That, the, that makes it even worse. Clark. The fact that it's somebody it's somebody with that kind of name too that beat the lovable loser. I, I, it makes me even more angry. It's like the, the villain in the in the it's like the villain in the sports movie yep. just what? won. Wyndham beat Ricky. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I like that. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got our rush hour reset. Hey. Guess who's coming? Guess who's coming? We're going to tell you next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. The Cardinals win! The Cardinals are coming! 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 The Cardinals are The Cardinals are The Cardinals are coming! The Cardinals they're rolling after an 8-7 win yesterday. <laughs> hey, you, you yeah. I didn't hear you. They've won a series in a row. I don't think you can say that. Their first series win of the month. I don't think that sentence think works like that. syntaxically. I don't, I don't think, think you can say that. that right either. A series one in a row. I think you have to have multiple for it to be in a row. Okay, well. They won two games in a row. Okay, we'll take that. We'll take a little little streak. They've also given you on this Juneteenth, they've given you 60-cent drinks at Mobile on the Run. Yeah. Thanks for that. 8-7 yesterday was the final. The Cardinals were up by a score of 6-5 to five in the fifth inning when they got a little insurance from their rookie. Driven by Walker, hard to right. Marte going back. Track, backing up to the wall. It's going to be gone. Walker, another opposite field homer. 7-5 at that point, but the former Cardinal, Tommy Pham, came back to haunt his old team with a two-run homer in the bottom of the fifth. A 7-7 game till the ninth. The 2-1. Swing drive, he did. Belton left. Cardinals have the lead. Chip with the call on Valley Sports. Cardinals win it by a score of 8-7. to seven. And as we mentioned, they play in Washington this afternoon. It's a 3 o'clock start as they'll take on the Nationals, who have the worst record in the National League. Mm. <laughs> and Jack Flaherty on the mound Flaherty. as well. Flaherty. Jack Flaherty as well. I... You know, I'm in this place after this weekend where I want to be really optimistic. I I want sunshine and lollipops with the Cardinals, guys. I want to feel really good about them winning a series. And definitely, my hopes have been destroyed thus far this season. Especially, you thought, during the middle of May when they were able to beat the Dodgers and then you had that good series against the Brewers as well. You thought that would be enough to kind of start things going in the right direction and then things started to tail off for the Cardinals. I'm hoping that maybe this will be different. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the Mets are not doing that great. I know they didn't have a lot of their juggernauts out there too, but I want to be happy about the Cardinals. I want to get past this really
really, really bad stretch of games that we've seen. You can't even say stretch because it just says Nolan Arenado said bad baseball that we've yeah. seen this season for the Cardinals. I want to be in a happier place about that. I do too. But we also have to deal with reality. The Reds just swept the Astros. <laughs> the Reds have won eight in a row and they're a half game out of the lead and they look like they're coalescing into a really solid unit. The Pirates have lost six in a row. They fell to the Brewers, but the Brewers aren't going away. And I don't know what to think of the Cubs, but it just seems to me that it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to... I think somebody's going to stay at 500. And I I just wonder if the Cardinals can even get to 500. If they go 5-4, and or no, 4-5 and in the next 10 games, they'll get to the midpoint of the season, okay? And they'll be on pace for 66 wins. (laughs) Oh, that's that's not great. No, you play no. F- virtually 500 ball here and, and up until the midpoint of the season, and you're on pace for 66 wins. Yikes. They're going to need to put a couple of 10-game stretches together where they go 7-3, and 8-2, and 6-4 uh, <laughs> yeah. at worst. Yeah. Uh, if they want to be able to get back into this divisional race. I mean, it, it's they're still only 8.5 back right now, and it, it's – it, it's not as bad as it looks. Like the fact that they are, what is that, fourteen games under five hundred right now, and still within eight games in the divi- of the divisional lead. It's not as bad as you would think it is, but it has been really bad. It's been tough it to has. watch. Yeah, and I think it 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 goes back to the starting pitching. I think the lineup is starting. Everyone is starting to get healthy. Everyone is hitting. Wilson still needs to pick it up a little bit, but for the most part, you're going to get Newt back here in a couple of days. Hopefully, maybe today. Um, and you'll be able to start to see this lineup really mesh and gel well together. It's going to all fall, fall down, fall back on the starting pitching, and are those guys able to compete at a high level and do their job, give you quality starts, and give you you know wins? Exactly, and that's what, when I'm looking at this past weekend, the thing that gave me hope and optimism, the Jordans, Jordan Hicks mm-hmm. with back-to-back saves, and then Jordan Walker as well. The thing that he's able to do and just the way that he looks right now, especially hitting-wise, because I'm sure somebody will text in defensively, blah, blah, blah. I get that. That that will come, and we all realize that. Offensively, what he's able to provide this team right now mm-hmm. is so needed. And if you guys missed it earlier, I, I brought up earlier in the show, the short list that he made with his 11-game hit streak There's a very short list of Cardinals who have had multiple 10-plus game hitting streaks in the same season at the age of 21 or younger. They are Rogers Hornsby, Albert Pujols, and Jordan Walker. That's pretty good. I, Not bad. I, w- I would say that that's really good. So that's those are things to give me optimism. Nolan, Nolan Arnato as well. When he does well, the offense seems to do well too. But to your point, CD... The pitching, the starting pitching specifically, is something that is still a concern. It's something that you feel like is still not answered at this point, and that's going to be a big issue for the Cardinals moving forward if that's something that they aren't able to address, especially it, at the trade deadline. It, it, it needs to be addressed. It needs to, whether it's from guys just performing better, doing their job better, or if you have to go out and and get someone uh, via trade, you got to figure something out where guys are really, as I said, competing every time they get that start. A couple of other notes from yesterday. Uh, great win at the U.S. Open for Wyndham Clark. He holds off Rory McIlroy to win his first major first U.S. Open. And a big trade in the NBA. St. Louis and Bradley Beal, a product of Chaminade, also went to the University of Florida. On his way to the Phoenix Suns, 
along with St. Louis U product and Belleville Altoff native Jordan Goodwin. They're both going to be members of the Suns. They get traded for Landry Shamit, some second-round draft choices, and Chris Paul, who apparently is on his way back to the Clippers so the Clippers can go into the playoffs with none of their big three available because of injury. Wow. Well, that sounds you got, great. You got Paul, George, and Kawhi. So you'll you'll have a big three, but they won't be around for the playoffs. Nah, well, uh, Kawhi has some real, real injury issues. Mm-hmm. His knee is uh, it, it's, maybe shot. Yeah, it's really bad. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in in Clipperland. I thought that when they got Kawhi, and obviously when they got Paul George, that would be something to look forward to. And it has not been something to look forward to. No, it really hasn't. Yeah. We're closing in on the NHL draft. That's going to come up next week. And then we're days away from NHL free agency, man. It seems like the, well, the hockey season did end last week. That's why it seems like it ended last week. <laughs> have, you, have you seen all the celebrations coming out, too, of the oh, Golden Knights from this so past great. weekend? Carlson yeah. just hammered on the stage, like, talking about everything, including how bad the Coyotes are. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was, there was a lot of good content coming out from this weekend from the Golden Knights. I'm sure that they had a lot of fun, but you've got this photo of the gleaming Stanley Cup looks untouched at Wynn Casino. Okay, it's just sitting there and nobody's around it. And then you compare that to the the frivolity and the, the raucousness of Obi Clark's. I think the Obi Clark situation just looked like a lot more fun to me. <laughs> because it's in a smaller space. Are you saying yeah. there's too many options in Vegas and so it's yes. almost like it gets diluted a little bit? Yes, yeah, like people didn't even okay. the cup is just sitting there by itself. And Obi Clark's man, everybody was there to touch it and kiss it. It's just sitting there by itself. Nobody around it at the win. Yeah. In Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine what those bar tabs look like that oh, they man. have rung up because winning the cup in Las Vegas, that's insane. Yeah, it's good, good for them. Good for them. How do you have a liver after the weekend? <laughs> yeah, That's my no, question. No way. You're a hockey player, and you've been building it for years. Oh, <laughs> there true. you go. That's why they have those morning skates, eh? Yep. Hey. That's our Rush Hour <laughs> Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Jordan Hicks may be the Cardinal closer now. A lot of things have happened to allow him to get to that point, but he may have rebounded from the depths of people saying, oh, DFA him, to being the Cardinal closer. It's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I feel like it's just a completely different year for me pitching-wise. I'm just using different pitches and my strikeouts are a little bit up, so just learning how to pitch to get strikeouts and, and um, contact when I need it um, has been really useful, and it's almost like learning a, a new style of pitching for me right now, So, uh, but I really like this style, and I think I can build off of what I've built so far. He did. Demo's retired on three pitches. The pitch. Strike three. He struck out the side. Jordan Hicks with saves in back-to-back games for the Cardinals after starting off the season in the first month going 0-2 with a 6.35. And he mentioned the strikeouts in 11 and a third innings. He did have 20 strikeouts in April. In May, his earned run average goes from 6.35 to 2.38. The strikeouts did come down a little bit, 15 in 11 and a third innings. But now in this month, eight appearances, he's allowed runs in only two of his eight appearances. The earned run average is 3.52. But the big thing for Jordan Hicks, seven and two-thirds innings, he has allowed uh, only four walks, and he struck out 13. The walks have come down in each succeeding month. The strikeouts have maintained importance, and 
he didn't get the opportunity early in the season to close games out because they had Helsley and Gallegos. Well, now Helsley's hurt. Gallegos coughing up a couple of leads. Hicks gets his opportunity, and he took advantage of it over the weekend. Yeah, he did. And it also consistently hitting 104 as well. And another big thing, he was able to go back-to-back. And that is huge for the Cardinals, especially especially in that closer role, because that's something that you brought into with questioning Ryan Helsley, right? Is can he go back-to-back? Jordan Hicks was able to go back-to-back. This is something that was very needed with Ryan Helsley on the injured list. Giovanni Gallegos kind of just struggling a little bit, as you mentioned. I I believe Giovanni Gallegos will be completely fine. But this is huge for Jordan Hicks to come in and kind of really take over this closer role for now. Yeah, I think the most important thing is him throwing strikes, not walking batters, not walking the first batter. And, and Brooke, you talked about it. When you can hit 104, 104 on the gun, that that is something special. Yeah. He's got a, a talent that uh, if he can just stay dialed in and locked in, he's going to be spectacular. He's he seems to me like a guy like a guy that wants that type of role, that type of pressure, almost almost as though he's not. I don't want to say engaged when he's not in that role of a of a of a closer, but just not as engaged when he's not. He's he's more dialed in, more locked in, and I think that's the role that he sought after. That's the role that he wanted, and now he, he has the opportunity due to injury and other guys not playing well. When he got hurt in 2019, he led the Cardinals with 14 saves, and in that year, he had gone back-to-back a half a dozen times. As a matter of fact, in that year, he pitched April 27th, April 28th, and April 29th. So the Cardinals felt like they could use him like an old school closer. And since he came off Tommy John and the other various and sundry injuries, they really haven't, I don't think, had the courage to pitch him back to back. Hopefully this weekend showed them that he's capable of it. And I'll say this for Jordan Hicks. My big concern about, my biggest concern about the pitch clock for the Cardinals was him Mm -hmm. being able to Mm -hmm. dial it up without the opportunity to recharge his arm for 30 seconds and still get to 100. He's had no problems whatsoever with the pitch clock. He's still going 102, 103, 104, even with the pitch clock. Now, here's a question, especially moving forward with Jordan Hicks and your evaluating contracts, because that was a name that we even talked about when you're looking at possible candidates that you might trade or use to get something else in return with Jordan Hicks, because he has an expiring contract. If you're the Cardinals, are you looking to keep him around? Uh, Yeah. If the price is right, I am. I don't think, I mean, when you got a guy that throws that hard, it's hard to just say, okay, see you later. It's That's something that is, you you either got it or you don't, and he got it. So you don't let a guy like that just walk out the door and you don't resign him. You don't find ways to keep him on your roster. For me, it's going to depend on the price because I don't think that he rises to the level of a Kenley Jansen or an Aroldis Chapman. He just hasn't done enough in ninth innings to show that. But if the price is right and another team isn't seduced by the 102, 100, and the Cardinals can keep him on a reasonable deal, I think 21 over 3 for a guy like Jordan Hicks would be fair and reasonable. If somebody goes beyond that, I don't think that I would do it. It depends on how the rest of the season goes. How many more opportunities does he get to save, you know, finish games and, and, and get to save? It's going to depend on how well they team performs going down the stretch as well if if that changes his number in the future. What else would you need to see, I guess, Randy, to your point, to make you feel more comfortable? Well, I, I love the fact that he's pitching ninth innings. And some guys can do it. Some guys can pitch to the ninth inning. Some guys can't. And he did it before he got hurt. He was a stud closer before he got hurt with the Tommy John that caused him to miss 
2019. Uh, he missed the rest of 2019, and then all of 2020, he he, he was diabetic, and he, so he opted out in 2020, and then only pitched 10 games in 2021. He needs to show that durability that he's shown over the course of the last couple of years, and just that he can be a back end of of the bullpen guy. I don't want to give, and I know there's a lot of, including in the Cardinal front office, a lot of analytics people that don't care about pitchers not getting saves, I do. And mm-hmm. I, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want a guy that I'm sure can be my closer. Now, they gave Andrew Miller $41 million over three years without the idea of him ever being their closer. And they might think that Hicks can be a multi-inning guy over you know, three times a week. I don't know. But uh, I, I would have to be reasonably sure that he can be my closer because I, I don't have confidence right now in Helsley's health. And I think Gio Gallegos can do it because he's done it before. But I I just want to be sure about him, too. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it will be very interesting because this seems like this is his Hicks role to lose right now. Yeah. Yeah. One other point we should make is that the Cardinals have already signed Giovanni Gallegos. So perhaps this will be a guide for us. His contract runs through 2025, 4.75 this year, 5.75 next year, six and a half the year after that. I would think that $7 million a year for three years for Jordan Hicks would be a pretty good deal for both sides. Maybe it might be a little bit too much for Jordan Hicks, as a matter of fact. Hmm. So I, I would, but I would go there if I were the Cardinals. I think that'd be a good deal. And because of his stuff, he obviously can be a closer. It's a, it's a matter of does he have the stomach to not walk people. That's what I was going to say. The walks is, yeah. is my only big concern with him, really. That that is my only concern as well, and and you know he if, when he walks that first batter, it's like from that point on, <laughs> yeah. it, you you can tell like, it's not gonna go great because he now he's trying to be too perfect. Go attack guys. You, you got pitches that is that are hard to hit. They are hard to keep up with. So go do what you're capable of doing and be great at it. The other part that the Cardinals have to deal with here is they can't have too many people that are locked in that they can't send down. I think one of the issues that they're dealing with now is that other teams have so many young relievers that when you use guys up, you can send people out and then bring up somebody else. The Reds have a couple of different relievers every time they play, pretty much every day, because they can. Well, the Cardinals right now, with their bullpen, you can't send Gallegos out, you can't send Stratton out, you can't send Verhagen out, you can't send Hicks out, you can't send, well, you could send Cabrera out. So Cabrera and Palante are both movable, but the Cardinals don't do it. The way a bullpen should be set up now is that you should have three or four guys out of the eight that are locked in, and then another three or four that you say, okay, I can move him to Memphis for 10 days, mm-hmm. keep him down for the minimum, and bring up somebody else. It should be kind of a rotating cast in the bullpen now. That's one of the problems with the Cardinals roster construction at the moment. So they need to have some young pitchers that are doing a better job down there that you can count on when you use figuratively speaking, use a reliever up for 10 days. Yeah. Also, this is a really good point from the 573. They brought Jordan Hicks at such such a young young age. Now at age 25-26, he is maturing. Here's some of the other Cardinals pitchers who have matured at age 25-26. Wainwright, Gibson, and Bob Forsh. Yep. No doubt. And he has stuff. Hicks has stuff. And that's why when we talk about the guy who started uh, yesterday, Matthew Libertor, Sometimes you have to give pitchers an opportunity to to have it kick in because there's a million examples. Randy Johnson, Sandy Koufax. Mm-hmm. There's a million, not a million, 
but there are n- numerous examples right. of pitchers who had the light go on when they got Hit to a certain age. age. Yeah. You, Sandy you, Alcantara. You normally yeah. don't get to your peak in professional sports till you're about 25, 26. That's when your yep. your confidence kicks in, your your grown man strength kicks yeah. in. All of those things are kind of tying in right around the same time, and that's generally when guys are playing their best uh, yeah. at their respective sports. By the way, uh, as we wrap up this segment, do you guys want a, hey, we can chill moment? Sure. Sandy Alcantara, 2-5 and five with a 4.97 this Look year. Look at that. Look at us. <laughs> Cardinals won that trade. Look at us. Yep. We did it. Yep. How many How many times have the Marlins been to the playoffs since that trade? And how many times did the Cardinals go to the playoffs with Marcelo Zuna? Look at us. That's a W. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Look you, Mo. Thank That's you, Mo. That's a W. <laughs> yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Keep so, talking. So I'm, not mentioning, I'm not mentioning Zach <laughs> Gallon. I'm not, I'm not mentioning Zach Gallon uh, in this conversation. Just don't mention any of the other names, okay? Well, yeah. Magnus Sierra. We can do that. We can. I really liked him. I actually I did got too. to I see him in spring training. He was rolling. He yeah. was flying. Uh, there's another guy. Hold on. The <laughs> Christian, so the fast. picture, what was his name? Uh, hold on here. There's one other guy. Uh, oh, Daniel Castano. That was another guy the Cardinals moved in that trade. Daniel Castano, uh, in his career... Two and seven with a four point one five. Thank you, Mo. Thanks for this. Life is about perspective, huh? Yes, totally is. And a little box of chocolates. Alcantara's not that good. (laughs) Two two and five. What what would he have done here for us? I don't know if we would have seen him. Uh, where, uh, as Bob Burns would have said, where would you have played him? Quick quick question. Uh, question? Yes. What place place are the Marlins in? Uh, Right now. Yeah, yeah. It's all about winning championships. How many championships you got? Didn't you hear me say that earlier? <laughs> yeah. How many championships you got? Do they have a favorite for they manager of the year right now? Yeah. Uh, worry I don't about think it. So. Who, the, the Marlins? Uh, who oh, could that be? Of course be? not. They <laughs> don't. Skip. David Bell manages Cincinnati, doesn't he? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> who is the Pirates <laughs> manager? <laughs> how, about, how about the guy with the best record in the league? How about Tori Lavello? Uh, that's bad that we don't even know. the. <laughs> who's the wait, they've gone through so many oh, managers. Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. It's Derek Sheldon. There you go. Oh, He's yeah. Manager yeah. of the uh, I mean, who doesn't know that? World, World champion. Series champion. There you go. Hey, uh, if you want to text in and rip me for calling Cardinal fans entitled and spoiled, <laughs> feel free to do so. So I tweeted over the weekend that I thought that Cardinal fans, us, and by the way, I'm I'm not a BFIB. It was more about, though, uh, the fact that <laughs> the expectation is that the Cardinals go deep into the playoffs every year. And people are beside themselves wanting dramatic changes for one bad year. And by the way, I've said I want dramatic changes, too. But here's the tweet I Made. I said, since the start of the 2000 season, the Cardinals have had one losing season. They've developed a spoiled, entitled fan base. Not a bad thing. And I say, that's not the fans' fault. To add a little parentheses here that it wasn't written, the Cardinals built up these expectations. The fans didn't. Right. So, and I added, that being said, a dose of reality now and then can be good for the soul. Maybe people will appreciate winning more after this, because I think there is a distinct lack of appreciation for what the Cardinals have accomplished over the last 23 years. And it's almost as if people think it's easy to win. If you look around baseball, it's not easy to win as much as the Cardinals have. Third most victories in baseball since 2016 playoff appearances. One losing season in 23 years, that is not easy to do. And I think people believe that, oh, well, it's the Cardinals. It should be easy. Well, what they've done is actually pretty remarkable to never have high draft picks and win the way they have. So 
I believe that the Cardinals do have, again, through no fault of their own, a fan base, especially young people who think it's easy and are spoiled and entitled. If you disagree, feel free to text in 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Convince me otherwise next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. So I, Randy Carricker, have dubbed many Cardinal fans, not every Cardinal fan. Oh, and it's Brooke, tell us what's going on here with the elephant in the room. Well, the elephant in the room has arrived because there is an elephant in the room, and that is Randy's tweet that got the masses going. Now, I think it is important to clarify that if you go to his Twitter account, that you won't exactly see it unless you click his replies, and then you will see the storm that he brewed on Twitter this past weekend. <laughs> he told us he kicked the hornet's nest. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, you I, did. I didn't mean to because <laughs> I, I don't think entitled is a bad thing, right? I, so, I, entitled I people spoiled, don't like being called entitled. Oh. <laughs> I, think the, I think it's the spoiled and entitled. People see that as a negative. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not saying I do. I'm saying that that's how it was perceived on social media. Dictionary.com <laughs> defines entitled as having a right or legitimate claim to something. Okay. Do you have a right or a legitimate claim to a team that experiences great success? Do you feel like you deserve it? Many, many Cardinal fans, especially people that have been born in the era of Remarkable success. Since 2000, they've had one losing season. That was 2007. Those people, I get the sense in reading their tweets, believe that they are deserving of a championship team every single year. I don't think that there's a great appreciation on the part of many of those people of how difficult it is to win in Major League Baseball, even if you spend a lot of money. The Yankees spend a lot of money. They haven't been to a World Series or won a World Series since 2009. The Dodgers spend a lot of money. They've won one championship since 1988, and they have been since 2000 to as many World Series as the Cardinals have, and the Cardinals have won more. It's not easy. And when you believe you're entitled to division championships, I won't even count division championships because many tweets said division championships don't matter. When you believe that you are entitled to pennants and World Series every single year, I would suggest that that means that you are entitled. I think the frustration comes for Cardinals fans when you look at what these other teams are spending. I I think Cardinal fans would just say, hey, let us at least try to spend that amount of money and see if it works for us. Well, I I think that that would... Based on the money that they have spent, what would make you think that they're going to spend it any smarter? And oh, by the way, let's look at the two teams that have spent. The Cardinals just beat the Mets, the Mets two out of three, yeah. right? What are the Padres doing? They aren't doing well either. No. So, and what is Tampa Bay doing with the fourth lowest payroll in baseball? Winning games. Yeah. What are the Marlins doing? The Marlins have the I, third best record in the National League right now. It's not about money. I that's the most frustrating thing. And I know people like to focus in on the Cardinals. It really frustrates me when people don't look at reality mm-hmm. and see that the Rays have the best record in the American League, the, than the Rangers. The Orioles have the third best record in the American League. The Angels have the fourth best record in the American League. 
Uh, and then in the National League, Atlanta leads the way. They've actually done a really good job of keeping their own players. They, they built through their system. Arizona's not spending a bunch of money. Second best record in the National League. Miami, third best record in the National League. They aren't spending a bunch of money. Giants aren't spending a bunch of money. Fourth best record in the National League. Then you get to the Dodgers and Phillies. And by the way, the Padres are, where are the Padres? Oh, they're... 35 and 36. They're 10 and a half games uh, out of the top spot in the National League. So, anyway, that, that's an aside. But the, the point being that Cardinal fans, if you feel like you should win every single year, then I would suggest that that's entitled. I don't think, for example, that Arizona fans came into this season thinking, oh, we are going to make a big run to the playoffs because that's something we do every year. I don't right. think Arizona fans are enti- entitled. Brooke, you have the floor. <laughs> Someone from the 314 challenges you on the Cardinals and their success, okay? Mm-hmm. Winning seasons aren't everything, and your data is only as good as your sample size. Since 2013, the Cardinals have nine playoff wins and have only had two successful free agent signings, Johnny Peralta, and the, gil- the gift of Albert coming back for $2 million. Someone needs to be held accountable, and I worry that DeWitt 3 doesn't make the calls. His father still does. Also, we need Mo. Is the media more in the media, I'm guessing is what they're saying, in the media more to explain why he does what he does. But they're not entitled, Randy. Just, I demand the GMs talks to me publicly more and explain exactly what he does, mm-hmm. but they're not entitled. Uh, I mean, I think that's just... I, I, okay, so I can understand this person's uh, thought process because if I'm paying money to a to a company and I and it's not giving me the the product that I would like for it to be it's not I'm not receiving the services in which I'm paying for then yeah you would be frustrated and you would want to know why isn't the return on what I'm investing in to the level that I would want it to be and that would suggest that it's easy to go to and win the World Series every year and it's not <laughs> well I don't think that this person wants you to win the World Series but they said nine playoff wins since 2013 more meaning you would at least like to win more divisional games win more you know, win and get to the NLCS and have an opportunity to make it to the World Series I think that's the frustration just not making deep enough playoff runs this is a franchise that you're accustomed to playing well into October and having those games and having those moments we just talked about David Freeze going down as maybe one of the greatest moments in Cardinal baseball history with what he did in the World Series those are the moments that you want to be a part of or that you have become a spectant uh, to have so uh, I would ask that person to text in and tell me what National League team they want the Cardinals to oh, be like. The Cardinals. You're not what? supposed to be like any other team. You're supposed they're supposed to be like you. Well, I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. 636. Any team that gets 3.5 million fans through the gate regularly should provide a contenders for fans on the regular. And they do. They, have they not? And they do. <laughs> have they not? The Cardinals have missed the playoffs. Well, let's put it this way. The Cardinals have played five regular season games since the end of 2010 where they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs. I would suggest that if you make the playoffs, you are a contender. And if you don't believe that, last year's Philadelphia Phillies won 87 games. Fewest wins of any National League playoff team. They went to the World Series. The year before that, the Atlanta Braves won 88 games. Fewest of any National League playoff team. They went to and won the World Series. The playoffs, you might not want to believe it, but just ask Dodger and Yankee fans, if the playoffs are random, they are. The best team rarely yeah. wins in Major League Baseball once you get to the playoffs. I mean, that's really an Can I make sport. one quick point? Yeah. 
Tony LaRusso here. If you want to call it the glory days of 1996 to 2011, the worst two playoff teams that Tony LaRusso had in St. Louis were the 2006 and 2011 teams. And that's borne out by numbers. Mm-hmm. And they won the World Series. Someone from the 314 just texted in, Cardinals fans are complaining because we finally realize Mo has adopted Randy's fifth pillar of life. Never give your 100%. <laughs> we got that, that, that was our fourth pillar, right? No, we got... I, mean, I, thought, I, thought, that was I thought that was the I thought that rounded out for the fourth one. I think no. Michelle said just coast. Just coast. Just coast. Yeah, it was the fourth yeah. one. Okay. And that's basically the that's same okay. thing. Just, yeah, there you yeah, go. That's fine. And yeah, <laughs> you know what? He, he has. But again, if Mosellock is coasting, and I'm not going to dispute that he's had a terrible year and this is a terrible team, and that the manager was probably a mistake and that the front office shouldn't be running things. All of that is correct. Okay? <laughs> that's but, a lot of stuff. <laughs> it is. But that being said... If you look around baseball, what other team has made deals for players that on their team finished first and third in the MVP voting? Yeah. yeah. Name one other general manager that's done that. Going to be a while. Well, and I think that therein, lie, therein lies kind of the frustration, right? Is because you do have Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt on your mm-hmm. team. You should have a roster to complete that that can compete for championships. It's a disservice to Arnato and Goldschmidt as well, but also to the fans. But do you, don't you think that if they make the playoffs, they're competing for championships? Yes, but I, I, again, I think it's about... Yeah, you make it to the playoffs, and and uh, there is a level of uh, I guess you begin to expect it. Like you, you just know you're going to win the Central Division. You're going to be in the playoffs because you won your division, and you that has become what Cardinal fans. So expect. that makes you entitled. Uh, I think the issue is not making the deep run in the playoffs. I think that's where the frustration comes from. It, it's you know if you get out of the the. If you make it out of the NLDS and make it out of the wild card and you make it to the NLCS, at least you have an opportunity. I think that's where the frustration is coming from. Did any of us in this room expect the Phillies to make a deep playoff run last year? No. No. Uh, Before that, the Atlanta Braves, anybody in this room expect them to make a deep playoff run? Ronald Acuna got hurt. Uh, Before that, COVID year, did Tampa Bay, did anybody expect Tampa Bay to make a deep playoff run? Uh, The year before that, uh, Washington Nationals beat the Dodgers. No. Uh, year before that, I, I think Dodgers and, and Red Sox, legit. Year before that, uh, World Series. Houston and the Dodgers. Okay, I, I can even go mm-hmm. along with that. Uh, the year before that, Cleveland Indians. Anybody expect the Cleveland Indians yeah. to make a deep playoff run in 2016? 2015, Kansas City and the Mets? Yeah, I don't think so. 95 win and a 90 win team? Uh, I didn't. A uh, year before that, Kansas City Royals. Did anybody expect them to yeah. be in the World Series and make a deep run? Pretty much every year. Pretty much every year, there's a team that you don't expect to be in the World Series that is, that makes a deep run, and a team that you expect to make a deep run isn't there. All right. Thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them, and I appreciate you because I'm, hey, I've got two kids that are entitled. They they have never experienced <laughs> baseball adversity, right? They are, they're, and they're spoiled by what they have been given, and they just don't understand that losing does happen. Happens a lot more for other franchises than it does for this one, yes. which has the third most wins in Major League Baseball since 2000. Coming up next, it's Rock and Roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Right, we got a test of the day. 
We are going to be over at Patios on Saturday as Big League Impact will host a Cardinals in London watch party. So Brooke and Matthew and Carrie and I will be there. Redbirds headed to London to take on the Cubs, and you can watch the game on Saturday afternoon at Patios with us. Enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring, featuring trivia, games, your chance at an autographed group of memorabilia items and more, all hosted by Randy, Carrie, Brooke, and Matthew. Proceeds supporting Big League Impact. Get more details on Big League Impact's Cardinals in London watch party now at 101 ESPN. And we're taking a text of the day here to provide tickets to a specific winner. And uh, Brooke, did you pick out a, a winning text for us? Do you, Brooke and Matthew, have been me? charged with I think us? I found this one right here. Okay, I got one. Okay, what, what do we got? This is our winner you, that gets tickets. Do you all agree with this? I don't know. It okay. just popped up. I think the words "spoiled" and "entitled" have negative con- negative connotations in our society. Personally, I think our fan base, or at least most of the fans. I know and talk to are just upset that Mo and DeWitt failed to address obvious needs this offseason. Randy is certainly entitled, air quotes, to his opinion. But when you use the words that carry a negative connotation to describe fans, I think you would have to expect a negative reaction. Reasonable people can disagree. Cardinals fans are passionate. I don't think that simply because they may disagree with management decisions made by the team, if necessarily it necessarily makes them spoiled or entitled, can't they just be passionate fans with opinions? Oh. They absolutely Ooh. can. And by the I way, I like this. I like. First of all, we we should give it to this person. Yeah. Way they too level headed. That's way yeah. too level headed. That, that, that was a very well, well, well thought, thought out. out. Yes. Yeah. Well so put level together. Headed. Let me yeah. say this from the eight one two. Shout out to you. If you do not expect the Cardinals to win and go deep into the playoffs every year, if you do not get upset by the Cardinals having a losing season like this season, if you don't rage out because of this season. You are not entitled. You are not spoiled. If you are not upset and you aren't enraged by their lack of success this year, then I apologize to you. I would argue that Reds fans did not expect the success they're having, Mm -hmm. and they're enjoying the success that they're having. Same with Pirates fans. Same with Marlins fans. Same with Diamondbacks fans. Because it doesn't happen for them every year. They have no reason to be entitled. The franchise has given them no reasons to be entitled. The Cardinals have given you reasons to have expectations and feel like you're entitled to a high level of success. Yeah. As a Titans fan, I go into every year expecting nothing. So <laughs> I, I would I would like so to do go. So you feel, how does it feel? <laughs> oh, that's, that's I wish this one would have came in earlier. At the end of the season, if it's a good season, you feel better. But if nothing happens, you feel like we just strive for not being last in the AFC South. Yeah, yeah. Carry the guy we need. We'll give him the win. But I, I, man, I wish this would have come in earlier. Since the Cards' last World Series title, there has been one repeat World Series winner, the Astros. So, do Cards fans want to be like the Astros? If so, if so, I'll just go buy some stock in trash cans. Mm. That's from Rick in O'Fallon. That's fantastic. Thank you, Rick. Job, Rick. Yeah, and by the way, we did have the texture that texted in that the the Royals have more playoff wins than the Cardinals. What since the end of 2013? Yeah, go ahead and be a Royals fan then. If if the Royals are so great, <laughs> go ahead and be a Royals fan. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward Randy, to. Randy, what if you How go back to 2012? Hmm? What if you go back to 2012, Randy? Uh, well, then I think the Cardinals probably have more. But uh, we we can play with numbers all we want. I, you know, it's <laughs> fun with it's numbers. Fun. fun with fun with numbers. Fun with the numbers. Yep, yep. I'll go back to. Uh, so did the eight one two win the uh, win the yeah, tickets? But I, I, I hope the eight one two is not. We'll find out if they're on an app and if they can make it to join us at oh. patios on Saturday. Oh, well, but that'll be number one. And if not, then we'll use 
the one that Matthew just referenced. There, you go. there we go. Uh, anything else? By the way, we are off today at ten o'clock. Oh Wait, what? Wow. Yeah, we, uh, well, Wait, we, we don't have. We, we don't, we're, we're not going our normal extra we, hour. We're on not. The show? No, we're off oh, okay. in just minutes. Anything else on the the rock and roll that you wanted to get to, sir? <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to honestly. We talked a lot about Ricky Fowler. You know, the the lovable loser uh, segment a little bit earlier, but also just the end of the round when he talk to Wyndham Clark was just it it also it had the added effect of ripping my heart out. Wyndham walks up to him with the trophy. Ricky goes, uh, that that looks pretty nice. He goes, Yeah, it does. And he goes, it feels pretty good too. And Ricky just goes, Yeah, I bet. And I was like, <laughs> oh don't do it to me, Ricky. And then apparently he whispered to Wyndham Clark, your mom, if she'd been here, she'd have been very proud. Just the class, class, class coming from Ricky just That's absolutely so ripping sweet. my heart out. Wyndham Clark's mom died of breast cancer at the age of fifty five a couple of years ago. So wow. that's why he said that. And also, I, 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 uh, congratulations to the United States men's national team. They took on Canada in the final of the CONCACAF Nation League Championship, and they won 3-1. to one. Uh, The newest member of the United States men's national team, Forlan Balogun, scored his first goal for the United States men's national team. He recently chose between the two, interna- uh, two national teams and comes right into the United States men's national team roster and gets okay. a goal in a big game. I'm not a huge soccer guy, as you know. Is this like beating Canada in a war? No. <laughs> We've never done that, Randy. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we're 0 1. I just want to point that out. Yeah. We are 0 1 against the Canadians. Uh, is their soccer team as good as their uh, military? Yes. I don't okay. Know how good the Canadian military is. Uh, I don't no. Know. So, uh, the question is should we feel entitled when we beat Canada? Should we, uh, d- God, do we deserve no. a, a soccer win over Canada? <laughs> Randy, when you, when you get angry and you throw your hat on the ground and you step on it, do you get angry? Are you, are you mad at the hat? Do you feel sorry for the hat? No. Well, I'm just saying. Well, it's Canada's America's cap. You feel bad? Of, <laughs> product of my entitlement and spoiled nature as an American. American. Yeah. yeah so congratulations. Clarify, you do, do you consider yourself spoiled and entitled? No, because I grew up in the fan. 70s when it was horrible. Oh, okay. So it's a certain age I'm a, yeah. a, a realist. And so a, I'm a not... realist. Joe, Joe Torre always used to tell me when I would complain about losses, and I, I didn't have the appreciation that I have now mm-hmm. for how difficult it is, but Joe Torre every day would say, man, this is hard. Joe Torre, you, you, you talk about not being entitled. Joe Torre spent 50 years in baseball before he won a World Series. Within a World Lord. Series. Also, you want to talk about entitled uh, in sports fans back then. Randy, about my second year ever rooting for an NFL team, they won the Super Bowl. Yep. How about That's you? That's entitled. That's entitled. How about you? How long did it take for your team after you started rooting oh, for an NFL when team? I started rooting, rooting Super Bowl? for a team my first three years were 4 9 and 1, 4 9 and 1, 4 9 and 1. Never from 1970 <laughs> until 1999, never experienced a home playoff game and never experienced a playoff win. That's and that's just football. That's just football. Hockey was was frustrating oh, as well. Yeah. That was pretty rough too. So yeah, I mean you you understand what it's like to not have a great team I, and, I, and support them yeah. despite. Carrie, I that. understand being a lovable loser. There you go. Some yeah. of these, I, I, I see where you were coming from. Yeah, thank you, just, uh, Randy. Yeah, your you. Canada comment that was ignorant. I have no idea what they're talking. Like which one? The joke okay. about the here's army the, the or what? <laughs> so we get mad at Canada and we decide we're going to go to war with Canada. Does the war last even a day? <laughs> the That's the last... point. That's the point. Okay, Randy, we're in the middle of a war with Canada. It's called we keep taking their Stanley Cup. That's true. Oh. That's true. Since 1993. Damn right. 1993 is it? Canadian? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stanley Cup finals have? appearances. Canada seven, Florida seven. There you go. 
They, and they, they haven't won him one. They, they, since 1993, Canada <laughs> hasn't won one. Uh, Canada's in hockey. Uh, but I think we got him in fighter jets. That too. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> Aircraft carriers. Yeah, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we ever want to. <laughs> For Jamie now, carrying James. That sounds yeah. like a threat. Jamie, no, Jamie Rivers, don't be. I, I'm just saying that we got you in the War Department. <laughs> Maybe one of these but days we feel like adding nine more national oh, parks. I don't no, know. Here's the no. thing Canada would get this huge monster military like we have, and then they bomb the daylights out of somebody, and then they'd say, sorry. <laughs> sorry, wow. sorry about that. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Tim McKernan allegedly in the building along with Ajax. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a, uh, a balloon party, a real balloon party coming up. We appreciate you tuning in. Matthew, great job. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, was this fun? Thanks for bringing the elephant in the room. Yes, the elephant in the room. Absolutely. CD? And again, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Don't be entitled. Until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.